A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there were two bodies that have never met in person, but once they decided, hey, we love gaming, we love talking about gaming, and then they decided, let's make a podcast. And that podcast was The X Button, celebrating episode 100. I'm one of your hosts, Alejandro, and with me is my fellow Jedi, Paul. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Yeah. So, Paul, it finally happened. Episode 100. Technically, episode 113, if we count the mulligan from the early 2020s, but we did it. 100 episodes. May 4th, 2021. And your cup is not showing. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so, yeah. It's like, it's insane. Yeah, we finally made it. It's, this is season three, episode 17. But, yeah. Big milestone for us. I can't believe that how quickly it feels like we got we got here. But we're here. I I can't. I mean, I keep saying I can't believe it, but now I'm just thinking about how different everything was back in the day and where we were when we started all this. How, like, weirdly coincidental that you and I met in the first place mm -hmm. and how you and I were just like, how about we just go off and do our own stuff? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, kind of yeah, so, keep doing this. Yeah, I can't believe that this is this also technically marks five years since the beginning of this, like, channel, quote-unquote, when it used mm -hmm. to be, like, named name differently because just think about it is that for everyone li listening to this welcome because i'm going to be promoting this episode very heavily uh yes. yeah so yeah this is the x bottom podcast which is our gaming podcast that posts every fridays from 2 p.m onwards uh god willing available in the youtube channel escape gaming as well as most audio services around the world and there's the dog <laughs> if you're on video and those services are apple Podcasts, spotify and the like you can find links at the rss feed at https podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash escape dash gaming if you enjoy our show give us a like and subscribe once upon a time we were, were our podcast was hosted by anchor.fm and it got purchased because in the year of the lord 2023 uh nothing can be sacred and everyone's always gobbling some uh, like something but yeah so yeah paul it's like it's just crazy to think uh, you came in like a month or two after we had started this channel way back then in in, uh, in January 2019. Then in May, uh, we attempted our first podcast called Statics Radio with our former uh, with with our former co-partner who is now his his own uh, yeah his 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 own YouTuber basically channel. JOK or basically yeah. PJ who has been in our channel a couple times and then. Uh, he didn't want to make a gaming podcast. I wanted to make a gaming podcast. You loved gaming. And then we were like, let's just do it. Obviously, yeah. we, we talked before how we started the early 2020 version of the show that we didn't even have cameras together. And then like the pandemic happened and then we decided to take a break and rethink. And May 4th, 2021 was after a full month of getting so many news that we're like, we got to talk about this. We're like, we're coming back and now we're doing it right. So 100 episodes inside the debut on May 4th, like very fitting. That it was on May 4th as what is a franchise that is so highly beloved and so near and deep to our hearts? This Star Wars. Yeah. And it is probably one of the greatest juggernauts of media history. Yeah. Um, and somehow that even people who don't even like nerdy stuff just adore Star Wars. And I bless them for it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how serendipitous is that now that we're celebrating exactly two years of this show starting hitting this milestone, we finally got a big game that we can actually talk about, like, in depth. And that was Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which released literally a week ago from when we were recording. And I was thinking, especially because 
we're gonna get into the, the minutia of like uh, the the things it does good, the things that it doesn't do as well. They released a patch this Tuesday that mm -hmm. fixed a lot of the technical issues, and I'm like, why didn't you just hold it for this week and make a serendipitous uh, celebration? Considering another game that came out this week is is basically being dragged through the streets and burn and burn at the stake, pun intended. <laughs> so. For my thoughts on that, it's it's probably just so difficult to push back or move a day because, I mean, you've already got your marketing campaign. You've got your big line. I mean, just the, the live action Mark Hamill and um, I'm blanking out on Cal's actor's name. Dominic Monaghan. Yeah. Um, having that big old line showing the gameplay of the game afterward and showing the release date very firmly, I feel like it would just be way too much to have to do that again essentially after you started that so that's probably one of the main reasons why um they probably should have seen that coming a long way away but also we have what we have and at least this time i'm really glad for what we do have <laughs> essentially oh yes all, all things considered so for everyone joining us this week's episode is going to be an off-kilter episode very similar to Two late episodes from 2022 that we did and one that we did in May, mid-May last year, around episode 50. It was actually, that wasn't our celebratory one. We actually did a special episode, a couple episodes afterwards, which was the games that made us. So we're not going to be talking, uh, usually our rigmarole is we're going to talk about the games we've been playing, then we talk news, and then the releases. This time, no news. You don't need to know anything other than Redfall launch and it's a disaster and Microsoft is apologizing for it. And uh, the Xbox Bethesda showcase dropped the Bethesda moniker, and now it's just an Xbox showcase thing. And this game, which is Star Wars Jedi Survivor, uh, it's continuously going to get updated because one of its versions launched very busted compared to the other ones. But uh, other than that, we're just going to dedicate time talking to this highly anticipated sequel for us that came out, whose first game came out in all the way back in November 15, 2019. So... The first half of our conversation, we're going to try to remain as spoiler-free as we can, and then we're just going to yeah. go full... We're going to discuss everything about the story. So I'm going to... We I'm gonna will mark talk it. about things that were shown in the trailers, of course, because mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's kind of under the understanding. Um, so different characters that we know show up, but we will not speak on anybody who does not or any actions that do not come into play, essentially. Um, do you want to, where do you want to actually start with all of this, honestly? Yeah, so, basically, like, with the basic thoughts, Paul, we be bo we both beat in this game. What do you think of Star Wars Jedi Survivor? Easily my favorite game of the year. Just not even a question. It blows everything else out of the water. Just by sheer fact of it being Star Wars, being a genre of, like, shifting almost away from like the soul's nature of jedi fallen order just a little bit and focusing a little more on the bombast unchartedness of it all so i i just adore everything about it and i am it's it's so fun to play there's so much opportunity to do things it, it takes a good robust amount of time to finish there's so much to go back and do. There's so many different variations of things. There's customization beyond what I ever would have expected out of it. Um, so much of, like, they clearly listen to all of the fans talking about, like, begging for different things to be in the game. Um, I, I could not fault them in 
many ways. I think maybe like on one hand would be the kind of complaints I would have about like not technical aspects of the game, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that that's my initial thoughts. Uh, how about you? What do you think? Yeah. I love the first game quite a lot, despite itself. It was a game that treated the Star Wars license with such respect, was so like felt so true to it from a visual feel and storytelling perspective that it was able to code over the fact that Respawn's first go at this kind of game was a little rough last time. It was their first game of this kind. They were a shooter studio and they were able to do a game completely different than, than their usual wheelhouse. Um, and making different things that were half-baked in some ways, but had, but, but had some promise. Jedi Survivor, to me, is like the classic sequel. That, what, the, the classic sequel that I absolutely love. Think Uncharted to Uncharted 2, uh, Mass Effect to Mass Effect 2, or even the classic Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2. And I love Putting my camera, camera off, but I can, still, uh, I can still hear you. Yes, but uh, I feel like this was the time that, that, that Respawn was like, Yes, we were able to like do a pretty solid game, all things considered, and 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 now uh, with this sequel, we're actually gonna show that we know what we're doing, and that's all this this game is in many ways. Like uh, the story, while slow a bit to start and not making the point initially, is like once it's like the entire breadth of it is put into focus, the kind of story that it told is one that really stuck with me with how it handled its main character Cal and where he leaps him emotionally in a way that properly builds and builds emotionally to where he was in the last game and mm, uh absolutely the level of scale in the levels now where it feels like respawn now actually like flex their muscles in terms of level design where the last game the level design was a little too sporadic uh didn't make much sense and was a chore to traverse back and forth especially because the lack of quality of life like um Lack of fast travel, things like that was not there. Now that that is here, your character actually feeling like he belongs in the world instead of the floating in the world. There's yeah. some, the game just feels so much better to play in many ways. And while there's still some yank here and there, uh, outside of just the technical problems, like uh, there were big problems with animation back in the in the last one, where trying to make a clean Sekiro style sword combat game in the Dark Souls mold, especially mm. it coming in the same year as Sekiro. The Jenkins animations made trying to parry many enemies in the first game, like, not always be consistent, so it never make the combat flow 100% of the time. The Jank hasn't been eliminated entirely, but it's so much improved that the game just feels so much more solid as an action game. Uh, the spectacle, the level of spectacle of this game, uh, yes. it's... Beyond what I would I would have expected from coming from Respawn because Respawn is not the oh kind of studio gosh, that you yeah. want that you go to to get like the graphical powerhouses. They focus more on like more functional looking games for the gameplay to like shine through. Uh, th this time they really push the envelope. Like some of the environments that you go in this game, just especially in the, in the sheer amount of detail and scale that you see in this game, is uh, it's like it's worth the many screenshots that I took. Is that you could like, literally just stare and just enjoy like how much the art uh, the artist cooked here, and then when you make and, and then yeah. when you mix that with levels that now feel more much more fun to explore because they're grander in scale and now connected in a, in a way that makes more sense to eventually funnel back into the more linear style of design. I feel like it, it strikes a better balance that this is closer to the dream open world Star Wars game we have wanted, even though it's not open world. 
it mm-hmm. only two big there are two big sections that technically are but that's not what this game is this right this is this and game I, uh, yeah i i just th- i to, to your point essentially the map design alone i think <clears throat> um one of the issues that i think i was able to talk about on a previous episode was that it was almost linear and when you looked at it from like a bird's eye view where you had the mantis their ship and it was just like kind of a sp- wiggling line all through but you still had like a clear ending point all the way back there and if you had any collectibles you had to go all the way through and then all the way back where you have your dark souls and your sekiros that had a much more creative aspect of that where you had this meandering process but at some point you would unlock this through line that would let you open up pretty much every area to just kind of pop your head in to i'm thinking of this the main city from sekiro specifically Mm -hmm where you had that stairway that led all the way through, but you would kind of weave back and forth until near the end where you finally like unlocked every way to just jump left and right and collect things, go find stuff, um, which I appreciated. And specific areas that I'm thinking of that I can't say for spoilers mm-hmm. did exactly that, where you had this space where you ran off in one direction, but you would unlock doors left and right, and it was all of a sudden this way that you could just enter any area of the map so easily comparatively yeah. to jedi fallen order yeah this game that like, feels more thoughtfully designed when it comes to like levels like intermingling around each other and you're yeah. always finding a way to like circle back around in a way that still makes sense in the level that you are like there's this uh there's this lab that you go in one like in like a shattered moon early on that that's that's one of like the smaller levels but it has a lot of intrinsic uh, verticality to it that once everything everything starts kind of like uh, connecting together is like yeah. you really appreciate that respawn really took to heart that the level design of the last game just wasn't up to par these are the guys that made the titanfall 2 campaign a campaign yeah. a shooter campaign that and it shows that uh was very like well uh, well renowned on the expert level design that that really made its mechanics shine like mm-hmm. the the platform the improvements to platforming in this game now re- really harkens back to Titanfall 2. It felt it felt like this was the studio finally saying, hey, that 2016 campaign that many didn't play because that game was put out to die, unfortunately, we know that uh. story. Um, it's like, we had chops as, as designers. We're like the Call of Duty people. It's like, we know what makes a game tick. And there's mm-hmm. so many levels in this game, especially from halfway point onward, that feels like the level design is just them flexing. It'd be like, oh, yes. watch how we can like connect all the abilities that you have like in quick succession for like for 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 traversal to feel like exciting for that also helps the pacing and then you hit a point halfway through we're not going to talk about it yet that all of that came together that after after i finished that sequence that that makes spectacle and gameplay uh, all together it was like i literally I, i literally just texted you immediately it was like I think I may have just played the coolest scene I have ever seen in a game, and you'll know it when you play it. And that's what's yeah. so funny. It's like, I can be as vague as that, and then once you play it, you, you know go, what oh, it is. Oh, I it, get it. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, the fact uh, that I knew it and the fact that Zach, our other friend, knew it, like, immediately went, wait, oh, I know exactly where I am yeah. now. Yeah, and I've been talking with many of my, uh, of, of my like, co-contributors uh, over there at Season Gaming that are playing that. They've heard of that. Some have hit that point and they agree. So it's like, it's not hyperbole. It's like what Respawn did with the middle section is like, it's the kind of thing that like similar to a week or two ago that I played Horizon uh, Forbidden West Burning Shores. The last, the last boss battle in that game that I told you 
Wow, I was yeah. like, this is what is possible when you do like a new gen only game like that takes advantage of the te of the technology lo and then and getting behold. The, and lo and behold immediately immediately after i play a section that is just as cool if not cooler in this one because once again yeah. getting outshined by a release immediately oh, no, after it, it. it immediately because the other one is just spectacle this makes the spectacle and the gameplay together because like exactly. when you when you see that that section of like how quickly everything goes like the mm. things that are happening how you have to be playing. You have to like be really yes. good at chaining everything for all of that to happen. Is like I had the biggest smile on my face. That was like the turning point of that game. That was like this is definitely a better sequel than Jedi Fallen Order. This is great. To like holy crap, this is amazing. On top of like the story starting to pick up and finally like getting to the heart of what it's trying to say, that mm. it be it be it and becomes that, like a, oh my goodness. It continued yeah, though. And, and and that story eventually becoming like hitting the same level of introspection that were some of my favorite moments of Fallen Order with Cal Kestis, him being the this jungling that survived Order 66 and became a fugitive and how the five years since like has made him like a, mo a much more hardened warrior that's like getting so close to crossing lines that a Jedi Knight shouldn't. All of that really comes to a head like halfway through the story and leaves it in a point where it may not be as bombastic as, or the high point that was the very end of Jedi Fallen Order, but emotionally, even though like it may seem like anticlimactic in comparison, it's harder. It sticks with you, especially when you think the implications and what could happen in a potential third game, which we know. Stig Asmussen, the director, said that he envisioned that if given the chance, he sees this as a trilogy, like in, in full Star Wars fashion. And... Yeah, I think it was the IGN review that said it, that if they nailed that third game, this would be, like, the greatest Star Wars sequel that has happened since, like, the 90s. Like, you could even make the argument the story told here is even better than the prequel trilogy. We love those I, movies, and we know those, that's problematic. Yeah, we are we are for sure champions of the prequels, and I would I would agree with that. It is It would not only be the best told Star Wars game story, including everything that happens in something like Knights of the Old Republic, um but it, it might even surpass some of many of the movies frankly yeah i mean uh, it already has i would say oh, oh yeah like in, in in the disney era like kind of a, a low the, bar to jump but let's just say yeah let's just say like um, like recently with the disney plus stuff uh the story of this is so much better than so many of them probably andor is the only one that i could put like in the same level and even then what makes andor special is that it feels so on star wars you know, but in a way that makes sense. Yeah, this feels I like would, Star Wars. To give my raise my bar of like, oh, it's better than some live action media. I would say it would be better than the struggle with the dark side that Luke has in Return of the Jedi, and the Last Jedi, and the well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but that's kind of that's the lower bar. I'm saying like we're reaching original trilogy levels of like true character writing out here, mm -hmm. and. I, I can't wait to talk about it in the spoilers, but as far as like continuing where we're at in that kind of thread, the character work on all of these, uh, every character that is, of course, we've seen in the trailers, we know Seer, we back. know Marin, we know um, Greece. Greece uh, shows up, and the fact that each of them have grown in a very unique way, they're not just that's the gang. They're just the weirdos. They're not just like the background characters. It's like Mass Effect level of like each one of them is super motivated by a very specific thing that makes sense to each of them. And the fact that they come out of that almost 
to the level of like you have your Han Solo Leia and Luke where Han says the infamous line of like we went back and did whatever we were used to essentially at this uh, kind of the middle point of Force Awakens where we kind of pick up the reason why Cal is not at first traveling with each of them mm -hmm. is because they kind of each fell back into this old habit of who they used to be, what they consider important. And the fact that they delve into that with not just like optional dialogue, but how the joke character Grease, for instance, who is like the greasy Italian of mm -hmm. the Star Wars universe, has like these deep character moments of like, true joy and pain throughout the course of jedi survivor that i'm like this guy is better written than yeah. a good amount of fictional characters yeah, especially because star wars especially because greece out of like that mantis crew is the mm -hmm. one that in the in the five years between this story which is actually told in the star wars jedi battle scars book that released as a prequel book to this i uh, didn't know that but i knew there was a book that's yeah. cool yeah so it's like I, I i don't i don't i don't think you have to read it to, for this story to make sense. It's just a kind of supplemental material that explains a little bit. Yeah. He suffered, I don't know if you noticed, he suffered the big loss in between games. It's clearly it's, it's clearly displayed, but it's not talked about much, but it's implied just based on the way that he talks about uh, possibly losing things that can never be recovered like early on in the story. Yeah. Uh, without, I mean, if you look at him, you kind of immediately know if I'm mm -hmm. recognizing what it is. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. yeah, and it's very clear. I mean, even the first time he tries to fly a ship and it doesn't quite go correctly, mm -hmm. it's not even mentioned. Like, a character asks something in general and he just plays it off and doesn't talk about it ever. The fact that they never directly reference what it was and you have to kind of like, oh, okay, I'm kind of piecing together what happened out of all of this. And that kind of makes me want to go back and like, okay, what actually went down? Because mm -hmm. they don't tell you flat out. Yeah. Um, in in, in good that. old school Star Wars, uh, because remember, like from A New Hope to Empire, three years happened. You don't right. know what happened and, in those three years, but they're exactly. just quickly implied. But it's like, it's not important for the story they're telling. You just know that things happen. It's kind of like, that was a big failings of... The sequel trilogy, how Force Awakens and The Last Jedi are literally Going happening immediately, immediately the after. Day. Because then it's like, there's not much story ha happening, especially how in The Last Jedi, there is not much progression happening. Mm -hmm. And then, like, it jumps forward in the last one. But then it, it, at that point, it just feels too late. So it feels like this also because of the length of a video game. This has kind of like the TV advantage that these longer form mediums just let the story breathe much more. And. So the, the, the character moments on, the, on this game are all excellent, especially uh, with Cal uh, see, seeing the weight of him, him like really trying to take the fight to the Empire, him joining Saga Era's group, um, and still and that and, feeling of like inevitability, that breakdown of every character that you see between episodes three and four kind of have a very similar arc mm -hmm. in some ways, where it's like how can we start the rebellion mm -hmm. and take the fight to the empire and a lot of them take this idea of well we're just going to keep like forever doing things to mess up the empire and that's the victory and it's like haha yeah like i think of star wars rebels where it was all about these these tiny tiny victories in mm -hmm. comparison i mean yeah it's a kids show so of course it's going to be kind of lower stakes until it all of a sudden is not um <laughs> but we won't talk about run. that <laughs> but um 
that's that's kind of a good example in parallels where a character like Ezra Bridger, who is of course the main character of Rebels, really parallels Cal. Um, the idea of young Link who either is force sensitive or was a Jedi kind of survived that whole thing. What do you do out of that? Um, how do you hurt the Empire and how inevitable and just heartbreaking it feels when yeah. you don't get anything done? Yeah, Cal feels like an amalgamation of Kanan and Ezra in a way, like yeah. if, if you really think about it, because when you learn about Kanan's backstory as like Ezra, a young survivor yeah, that's uh, actually good of, of Order 66. Uh, so again, like, like George Lucas used to say, the Star Wars is like poetry. It rhymes. It rhymes. <laughs> it really rhymes. And then at that at, the, at points, like that's so cliche because then like you feel the story just repeats itself. But the but then when things like rhyme in a way that still feels unique, it still shows that there's so much that you can mine out of this rich ta tapestry that is this twenty years in between the third and fourth movie. And uh, obviously, this, this this the story of this game happens in the halfway point, ten years after Revenge of the Sith, and ten years before. And you hope so. And the last game was five years before, after Revenge of the Sith. So it makes you wonder if we're going to jump another five years forward in, oh the, in, in the next game. Because why did it like, line it up with? Jeez. And obviously, like for, for Star Wars fans that like notice, like, this is the timeline where the Kenobi show from last year happened. And there are like very subtle references to the Kenobi show that you can kind of connect things in a way that they're not beating you over the head. But if you paid attention to that show... You under you can kind of understand when things are falling into place, which characters are not showing up, and when and why show over and and things happening over here, and you kind of like creating a head canon of certain points in the timeline where we can talk about it a little bit. But I feel like respawn is really proving that from a writing perspective, they just understand Star Wars in a way that I wish. Uh, this is what we had gotten when the movies came out. It feels like people that took the time instead of trying to rush things into production and. I love what Dave Filoni's been doing with the TV shows. Obviously, Book of Boba Fett was a big miss for me over there. Like, uh, Kenobi wasn't for them. And we, we like that show, but we know that, in general, a lot of people have problems with that show. But this just feels like good Star Wars, like, in so many ways. And, and on top of that, I feel like, unlike Jedi Fallen Order, this game is not excellent just because it's good Star Wars. They made a really great game that's elevated even further because, just like the last one, it just nails what Star Wars is. And I'm counting already the days for a sequel fall. That, that, that's the kind of thing that where, I, where I'm left off. Um, any final thing? Okay, yeah. Any negatives we want to say before we go into spoilers? Well, if we go into negatives, then we have to at least open that can of worms where we talk about the technical aspects of it. Do we want to talk about anything else before that? Or so do we before, want to get that out so before, before uh, technical aspects, is there anything like game related that you want to so, like because i have a few things before the technical um the the way some things are laid out in the storyline <laughs> let me try to collect my thoughts on this i think bit, i think i know was, what you're gonna say we go to I, kobo back way too many times yeah the the way i kind of got used to the jedi fallen order and just about every single star wars game or media thing at all is the idea is you go from one planet and then you finish that planet, you go to the next planet and then you continue the chain. Maybe once you go back to one space because then there's this whole new area or that each planet has new spaces where you couldn't go before. Yeah, you like globetrotting slash spacefaring. That's Star yeah, Wars which is just to. that's what I love. I love like getting your many different locales and environment types. You get 
your winter place, you get your forest place, you get your weird swamp, you get your desert. And this kind of took a weird direction where it said, okay, we were going to spend like 80% of your time on this one planet that has like some different Vines. environments mm -hmm. within like five minutes of each other. Mm -hmm. um, don't think too much about it. And then uh, every once in a while, you'll finish there, go to a new planet, but then come back, do yeah. more here. Am I crazy, Paul? Or is this the first time we've seen a uh, a Star Wars planet that has this many different biomes? Like, if it was real life? Because think Essentially, about Essentially, yeah. no. Uh, I mean, this, well, yes, this is the first time we're actually seeing anything but a planet which is just that no. one thing. Even the one place that is a city... It is the entire planet. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, yeah, and because... everywhere else is just forest. Yeah, deep because... forest. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, th think about like uh, some of like the more defined planets in Star Wars. Hoth, all snow. Endor, all, snow. all, uh, all planet. Geonosis, like all desert. Mustafar, yep. all fire. Crate, salt. Crate yep. in, in, in The Last Jedi. So it's like they're, they're defined like because there it makes it makes the place so visually unique. Even Dathomir. All red. Right. Yeah, That's so. kind of like the idea. And it's almost like everybody knows, oh, yeah, planets usually have like different biomes. And Look it's at like our own. Your polars or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like for some reason, Star Wars has gone on with that for so long. You just don't really mind it. You're just like, don't worry about it. It's just how that yeah. is. Go yeah. for this it. Is, this to me is like maybe not similar, but it's kind of similar to how in The Last Jedi suddenly we're worrying about fuel. Exactly. exactly. So, or, um, or, par or, or like when they go to the casino planet, it's like, oh, yeah, you didn't have a parking permit or things like that. So it's like it's it's adding like this real world kind of logic into the space fantasy. And that, I know right. that's just nitpicking, but it, but to me, it's like because I have to commend Respawn. It's like they made way bigger play spaces than they did last time and way prettier. Yeah. But I feel a bit because they focus so much on, on giving us way bigger uh, play spaces in, in both... Uh, Kobo and and Jetta, Jetta. Uh, then we're like it robs us from a more grander than life uh, spacefaring adventure. It feels like it's always circling back to like the big planet. That by the time you go back for, the, for like the fourth and fifth time, even though it sends you to like a different biome within the planet, it's still the same planet. So right, so and it, you still have to run through the same planet to get to that new area. It's like. Mm -hmm. I understand what they were going for. I respect it because also it's a good use of resources. You don't have to build an entirely new skybox and mm -hmm. environment and all of that stuff. But at the same time, it's like it's a it's a bit underwhelming sometimes, especially when you got used to what seven planets from Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, and here, six. Um, it's the six, same sorry. amount. It's the exact same amount okay. of places we go. It's like that's just it though, because mm -hmm. if you had to say it i would say that jedi fallen order overall has mm, bigger in each like average wise mm -hmm. where jedi survivor has the two that are much bigger and then the last like three are much smaller if, i would push back a little bit that i would say think? that the smaller ones are actually comparable in sizes to kashik and bogano and in, uh, in jedi fallen order uh, the two mm. big ones were Sefo and Dathomir, and Sefo was a complete nightmare because of the way it was laid out. Uh, so but, much. but but that's the thing; like they did make two massively like bigger spaces that go way high on the sky and go way deep yeah. in the underground. And and and, and credit to Reese, but at the very least, they're able to like visually differentiate that same planet in Kobo. 
like when you're like up in the sky and you can see that in some of the trailers mm-hmm. i thought that was somewhere else and when i realized it was called i was like huh okay but yeah it's like it looks so distinct and it's so beautiful that i don't mind it it's just when really thinking about it it's like yeah it's like they really like it's grander in what we're seeing but this the story feels smaller in scope in a way which yeah. makes sense uh from uh, if you go back to like a new hope to empire that a story is also yeah. uh yeah we're seeing a, a bigger ta- tapestry with like the, the two different planets with Hoth, Vespin, and they and they go back. So there's like there's like an extension there, but like the scale of things is like way much smaller. It's like just focus on like the characters. There's that's a similar feeling here, uh, even though it's presented in a much larger larger scale. And the story is like weaving a little too many threads, spinning many wheels at the same time. That then eventually like all makes sense. But but yeah, it's yeah. just it's just a weird it's just a weird feel to the flow. And, I think uh, somebody described it really well um, that I think you probably shared it actually where it was uh, it goes so off a different direction than Star Wars usually goes that mm-hmm. your fear that they they lost sight of it but then right near the end you bring it all back in so there's something to be said of like well you just had to let them cook essentially and mm-hmm. bring it back and then you had these little moments of like weird space lasers and some other stuff that isn't usually very Star Wars getting thrown in to kind of paint things out. Little plot threads that go in a weird direction, pacing issues in some spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but then overall, it just like you said, it leads into a really cohesive and powerful emotional narrative that I it clearly obviously blows Jedi Fallen Order out of the water because mm-hmm. of every aspect of it, but also it tells a much more somber story and like the realities of what happens when you're a Jedi, which is the person who's getting hunted and what you do and how does that feel mm-hmm. when you face the Empire. Yeah, and and not only fighting the Empire, but can you like keep the more the morality expected of a Jedi? As you survive, yep. as you're as you're just as you're as when you're like nobody else holds survival. to what you hold yourself to. Literally, no. it's it's a very like no. nobody else is doing this. Why do you continue? Mm-hmm. So another negative that I have here is also in terms of like navigation. So the map in the original was yeah. bad. There's a, there's no ways around it. The map in this one is a half step forward, but not yeah. a full step. It is like two steps forward, one step back. Absolutely. Yes, and the thing is, like, because I, I, would, I would say it's easier to read in a way. It can get a little glitchy when you're going through like the different levels sometimes with how much, especially when you're in Kobo, which is the grand, the, the grandest of the spaces they explore. Uh, they still haven't done. If you notice, uh, what is something that like a God of War, Elden Ring have in the main UI that is not in this one? Um. I don't actually know. I'm blanking out right now. A compass. Now. There is no visual. There... there is no compass in your main UI. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely like, right. If you remember, knew... yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm I'm following your train of thought now because I have some thoughts on that as well. Yeah. As the man who gets lost everywhere. Exactly. So it's like it because, feels... boy. Yes. <laughs> Continue. Yes. Uh, I would say like there's better. Uh, at least the way they design the levels, it's easier to like at least get an an idea of the things that are climbable and what aren't. Uh, there are problems sometimes where you feel like you should be able to like drop from a upper from a higher space into a lower space that shouldn't kill you. Sometimes that's like the rules of that is a little inconsistent. But it's just the fact that they allow a new beacon beacon system where you can like mark it in the map. But in order to really no see, it, to in see the, it, yeah, 
is that you have to press the down D-pad to bring a BD, like a kind of useless, like a sort of like a menu for BD that then you press the right click button or whatever you're playing to bring on like that, like binoculars. That's when the beacons happen and it feels like a little too uh, obtuse. To be and how to... does that work whenever you're in like a claustrophobic complex rather than a really wide exactly. open space it does not help you yeah and then what, what you end up doing is always constantly going at the map and be like okay i think i should make it here to the left and all that uh, there's some people like uh, that i know that they are they say that they don't check the map because they want the challenge of figuring that out them out for themselves and more power to those people i feel like this uh, this game which is that is impressive that that this game which is very inspired by both metric prime and also the dark souls level of uh in of exploration and level design uh in in a way like those games are better laid out for you to not constantly be using a map in a way to like key momentum in, in this one you will feel a few times that you may want to be checking that map a little too many times that i feel like a compass that could have been like in the ui which by the way it's pretty clean this is one of the cleanest like at least uis that yeah. i that, that i can think of. especially when i think of the god of War ragnarok one which this game reminds me a lot of ironic because of the director who used to work at sony santa monica for god of war 3 that that those that dna is like seeped through all of this uh would it have hurt them to do like a tiny map where it could be like a dot that you you, you can and that you can mark it i feel like that's something that may especially if they're gonna keep getting grander in, yeah. in, in their design that I, I can't imagine the UI could be cluttered with just a little compass that it can add. So I think uh, especially if it was a very minimalistic, tiny white bar, just kind of facing the where you need to go, giving like the tiniest colored uh, marker in the color of whatever beacon you just put down on the map. Because that's what like it really shook me because the beacon does not help you unless you are within a certain amount of space. Mm hmm for you to actually see it or if it's wide open enough that you can actually see it and you're not obscured by mountains mm -hmm. buildings forts whatever um and that was just really confusing but i could not figure out for the life of me what the solution would be so the compass would actually perfectly solve that where mm -hmm. at least even though god of war ragnarok's compass barely works uh at least it's something and it kind of gives you the general direction to go mm -hmm. but for jedi survivor i was just constantly all right, what turn am I taking now? Like, what? What is other the... game does a compass? Elden Ring. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Skyrim. Mm -hmm. Just like no Witcher. wonder it's so easy to find mm -hmm. things. Witcher. Yeah, exactly. Um, at a certain point, we've realized that is the perfect blend that require that allows you to not have to put like a mini map in there. Yeah. And like the mini map, we've realized exactly. That's not and really and a one good thing I can direction. I want to give them credit for is that uh, eventually there are some upgrades to the map. That makes everything like a checklist kind of map like as you mm. explore like there's a few upgrades that you find that eventually then the chests are going to be showing up in the map the things that you can scan, which i do appreciate uh, and that's something that you get if you have been curious enough to explore and this game like does curiosity of exploration really well and i, I like that kind of rewarding exploration because it didn't give me a question mark and be like go to this question mark and you'll find something now, there are many places that you stumble upon that you're like Oh crap! What did I get myself into? There's this cave that holy crap! There's a ranker, another one here. It's like, which by the way, those those beast fights are tough. Uh, the ranker, the frog one, Jesus Christ! There is because I tried to find a frog that's similar to the frogs you find in Bogana in the first game, but they made one a boss that's just like so darn difficult, and things that didn't used to one hit kill you now do in this one. It's like sometimes. 
And th those things, they really pushed the difficulty up for that one. But I would say the difficulty wasn't as hard as I remember the first game being at the Jedi I... Knight base normal difficulty. And I wouldn't say that even as like a negative either, because mm -hmm. um, they have five, I think, different difficulty settings. They added a Jedi Padawan uh, difficulty Not because only, uh, there was a story, a story mode. mode. Yeah, that was in the yeah. last one. Story mode wasn't the last one. Okay, I thought Padawan was the last. It was story it, mode. Padawan is the the one that got added because no, it was because no, it, it was it was Padawan Knight Master Grandmaster. I remember this because they were very like immersive titles. I remember it saying story mode, but we'll 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 read Maybe, it for yeah. that one. Yeah. So, but they added they added an extra right, one. They, they they added an extra one. So there's five difficulties. Yeah. No trophy difficulty. So it's like if you want to be like a completionist and get like a platinum trophy, which I tell you there's a shit ton of collectibles in this game that it can be a little grueling how big the world is, but I like the game a lot that I'm still doing it, but it's like at least I'm glad that there's no requirement of doing a either a new game plus run, which new game plus finally a game has it available at launch. At launch. Yeah. I mm, I'm so glad for that. It's almost unfortunate because it makes me want to immediately go play it rather than finish up my current playthrough. Mm -hmm. Um and I feel that pull at all times and I'm like I just just a little longer. I just want to get all the good customization mm -hmm. options and then I'll replay the game. I because promise. then you are going to carry that into the new game plus because uh, they've the, exactly. they did they did some tweaks that they finally fixed what was problematic about new game plus in the last one. Uh, so and 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 then yeah. on top of that what else um uh, what are well, from negatives, I think that's it for me. And, yeah, and of course, like the, bi the big one, which if you're on PC, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because it's like this game, the one thing I was hoping was not going to happen this time, Paul, which I thought it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to when they delayed it for six weeks. Uh, it's the fact that this game came in and the technical side of it feels half-baked. Yeah. And... In console, I will say this. It was perfectly playable. Like, I didn't have many problems. In fact, remembering my day one launch experience from Jedi Fallen Order in PS4 back in 2019 to this one, this one definitely felt cleaner in a way. However, it's like, if, if there's one area that really lets it down, is the performance mode. Like... Which has been fixed. I did check it out. That's how I... That's how I ended my storyline. Yeah, and I felt like it worked perfect. Um, that's the thing. That's the thing. Like it's improved. It's not perfect because I ran through the same areas, and it's like uh, I've be I've beat the game before the, the patch we got on May second, and some areas have definitely improved. Uh, when you start that game in the first in Coruscant, if you're playing in the performance mode, it's jittery as all hell. That especially yeah. when you're like in in. In Coruscant, is like even though you have the grand environment density that you see like in the background of all the ships flying around, like you know of Coruscant, the actual levels that you play in Coruscant is are more enclosed, and the frame rate there was like very sloppy in the performance mode in a way that was like didn't create a great first impression in the performance mode because it's like oof, it's like no, it, this is what's happening and before like the big levels, and it eventually stabilizes, but this is a performance mode that rarely hits a smooth sixty. Only like in the I'll most, agree to that for sure. yeah. Only in the smallest of spaces, it's like it hits it perfectly. Or even in some of the the challenge rooms, there's like some really cool uh, platforming sections that you enter like a, a four stair that sends you into like this. Uh, the, we didn't the, even the, talk about those. Yeah, because but... this game is like it has, it has a lot, uh, but yeah. 
in those like the performance mode works perfectly but then like the performance mode in both uh kobo and jada and the white sp white space opens it feels like you're playing in the quality mode with like worse uh worse visual quality and a lot of screen tearing it's been a mm -hmm. while since i've seen a game with this much screen tearing however this is one of the few times that I would say that the game is totally worth playing in the quality mode. The one that's at 30 frames. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. surprised that I agree, too. Yeah. Um, it's after, like, a little bit of, like, okay, let me get adjusted. Mm -hmm. Because I'm pretty sure the cutscenes are locked at 30 yeah. frames per second anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, so and it's it very jarring to go from the fluctuating 60 into a 30 frames per second cutscene. Mm -hmm. But then when you're just keeping it in quality mode the whole time, it's, it's like much so smooth. smoother. It's much more cinematic, and I didn't think it was great um, to, in the past, uh, do quality mode. But like somebody explained, how the motion blur is really well implemented, yeah. so it still feels very smooth. A for thir a yeah, it's like if you're if you're running a game at 30 frames per second, there are two things that makes they can make a 30 frames game uh, feel good in in light of like how much objectively better a game feels at 60. It is. Uh, frame pacing has to be perfect it's like the way that it delivers 30 frames has to be perfectly paced for everything to, be, to feel smooth the motion blur doesn't have to be super intrusive because there's some games that are like overly overdo it with with the motion blur but big old when, smears exactly and, but when you do it when something called per pixel motion blur which is like just smooths out specific Im specific specific sections of the image it makes the thing flow so much better and then you tune in your controller latency to the 30 frames mode so that it doesn't feel sluggish because How do like you do that out of curiosity th 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 that has to be uh, a, a developer thing they have to like tune in the, oh, the okay. controller input gotcha. that, that has to be like baked in it's like an example of a game that doesn't bake in well uh controller feel at 30 frames mode it's like if you go to cyberpunk 2077 for example and you switch mm. between the 30 and the 60 like playing that game at 30 feels horrible like it's sluggish it doesn't feel great and at 60 it, it plays fine hmm. a game that does 30 frames really well because they properly tuned in the controller latency for that mode horizon forbidden west that's how i first played hmm. that game back when back when it came out that's right because we talked about that and i i think yeah, i was you, surprised to find out that it wasn't at 60 frames or something yeah and my, my brother saw me play the 30 frames mode like and and then he was like, "Oh, are you playing at a 60? I was like, "No, I'm playing the thirty, the, the thirty. And he and his eyes are the ones that are to play Warzone at two hundred forty frames. So it's like, if, if, if you're if you're properly have like good motion blur and, and, and frame pacing, you can trick the eye that way. Yes. Uh, the patch that, that dropped on Tuesday definitely improved a few a few things of the performance mode. In fact, when I do my new game plus round, I'm actually doing it completely in, in the 60 frames. Just to, I want to try it too yeah, from the start. Yeah, so just to see how things are, and I can see definitely it improved because the Coruscant level, other than the then a part where you go inside a ship to do mind control, someone uh, we're gonna talk oh, about yeah. later. Uh, that's like the only place in the performance mode of that intersection that in the patch doesn't run perfectly, yeah. but everything else does. It like so. started chugging all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. I, um, to touch briefly with Coruscant on the map side of it, I'm actually a little disappointed at how small Coruscant really is. Yeah. When you really break it down and go oh, back it's, to it's it, you go, it's the smallest area of the this game. This is tiny. This is very linear. Um, you have to run like, a good 200 feet away to get to the closest place you can fast travel you can't just land and fast travel from the mantis mm -hmm. which i don't feel like that should be a thing you should absolutely be able to fast travel from mm -hmm. when you land 
You don't have to run to the nearest on-planet uh, yeah. meditation spot. Yeah, which in Coruscant is not that far off. It's, like, close to an elevator. But it's it's just an annoyance for, like, how much they improve quality of life. There are still a few little things that it doesn't quite get right. Yeah. But, but yeah, for technical stuff, like, the, the PC side of things is where I've been hearing the nightmares. It's, like, this is... Uh, the skill up review he literally said this is a great game that was utterly ruined for me for this pc port because he reviewed yep. it on pc because for some reason this is a game that even if you have the highest quality graphic graphics card is like it struggles at, at having a good performance and in fact sometimes it even goes lower than you would see in console that's problematic and very and unfortunately like, that's just another busted pc port in a string of pc ports in 2023 but the but the one in this game like absolutely takes the cake like even digital foundry mentioned is like this is the this is like arkham knight level bad they shouldn't even be selling this and i would say it's unfortunate because the console versions even though not not perfect work perfectly fine obviously with some yeah. issues but it's like not to the point that it's like game ruining and then as, the, as we talked, it's probably fair to at least mention that when you're exploring, sometimes there's a risk of game crashes. Yes, and that, that's like the probably um, the biggest problem more than performance is like there's there's like no rhyme or reason sometimes the ways that the game crashes. Mainline in the mainline story for me, the game only crashed twice while loading in through one time loading from from one level to the next. But thankfully, I was like it loaded me back in where it crashed, so it was like I didn't lose much progress. But I heard stories of. Our friend Sack, he is play mm. he, he played it on Series S. We it's played it on PlayStation to me once Five. Too, that you're it. Th yeah, that you were we were exploring, and then it crashed. And this game doesn't have autosave. This game actually like unlike Fallen Order. I don't know if Fallen Order eventually patched it or not, uh, but for you for you to save this game, you have to like enter a rest mode. Like you have mm -hmm. to like get that. If you you, if you don't do that, you have to constantly go back. And when you can't, even within from fast traveling from one meditation space to the other there's so much space in between especially in very intricate areas that you just have to like weave yourself back out of like it's a labyrinth to be able to save especially if you've gone through a lot of stuff where you've picked up customization options opened a lot of chests uh leveled up uh, you'll just lose all of it yeah. immediately and that's um, problematic and i hope that they institute the autosave that jedi fallen order eventually had because uh, since the patch, no crashes at all for me. Uh, maybe it's, it's now a more stable game if you start playing it now when it comes to crashing. It's, especially in weird places like at a meditation chamber, which is like this game's version of like the Zelda Shrines. Not many yeah. of them, but there's few. It's like it's, it, with some cool puzzles that don't tell you a lot what to do. I will say, I will tell you, it's like uh, I was telling this to my editor in chief over at Season Gaming, which by the way, I reviewed this game. My review's up over there in Season Gaming. Uh, is like he was not a big fan of God of War Ragnarok, specifically the flow of that game and how often that game treated him like he was dumb, constantly saying like what the uh, what a hint to be able to solve things are. So there are some people that hate that, and that game didn't allow you to turn that off. This game is like you can have the hints if you want, and they're very brief, or you can completely like not Usually give the hints at all. Usually, they don't really give yeah. a lot of help anyway. Yeah. this game feels like it trusts its players a little bit more, and makes the, it makes solving things and figuring things out much more satisfying. So, mm. so, so it's like it's it does all of those things well. That it's sad that the technical issues kind of like dominated the conversation the first few days after we learned because we were talking in our chat. It was like we're having. A blast playing this game and then i showed you the user score 
over like a Metacritic that was like at a 4.3 after like 16 reviews. Yeah. All talking about like the frame rate. But that's the thing, like the hyperbole is that says that this game is unplayable, ignore it. That is extremely false. It's like it's completely wrong, yeah. Yeah, it's like I hate that we live in this place that I will say this. We have also been spoiled. How many games have we played that really run really smooth uh performance modes? We played many. Mm-hmm. How many times years back have we played games with not perfect frame rates that are still like so damn good? A game Constantly. can st- yeah, a game can still be good even with like inconsistent frame rate as long as it's not nigh on unplayable. That's just the part look at I- our opinion on Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which like is the old overwhelmingly ones. positive overall. Exactly exactly. In the old Assassin's Creed games back in the 360 on PS3, yep. even some in the PS4 era was like rough and those still and those games still like succeeded it's like uh some people overstate a lot like the need of a perfect frame rate for a game to be good and if you want to be uh a frame rate savant that is that's all you think about your games is like more power to you i tell you it's like i played this game for 40 hours now like i wouldn't play something like that if it was unplayable that's it that's just fact but could it could the performance be better absolutely the fact that they're doing weeks of patches Again, like we talked about this when we did the review roundups in episode 99 or episode 16 for, for the season of the X button. If they're getting all those patches in this week, could they have delayed it? I mean, they could have in a way just to like prevent. Uh, because think about how much like that can like dominate the discourse. But I'm glad that now that people are actually beating it. In fact, like this game went from very negative on Steam to mixed. Because now more people are playing and seeing what this game really is. And what this yeah. game really is is a game that's so damn good that technical issues aside is like it's such an impressive sequel one of the best star wars games like ever made the best one modern and Mm. maybe some people can argue that still the overall best one is knights of the old republic just from a time and place and the impact of its story but from a star wars game that you can buy and play in 2023 there's no better one it's like and I can't wait for the patches to finally finish ironing out because just like Cyberpunk, that many people always saw it's like, yes, the technical side of this sucks, has sucks at this launch, but once everything's been ironed out, people will see the great game that is there. Yeah. And this game is not even close to Cyberpunk levels. Like oh. not even. And uh I can't wait to t- t- talk more about like the positives because there's so many and they're spoiler filled. So any uh, last yeah. uh, uh, last chance last last thing you want to say, Paul? I say let's jump in. Anybody who hasn't list, uh, played the game or seen what happens or care, get off now. Uh, I would highly suggest that and just experience some of the highs before we start talking about them very clearly and openly in just a couple seconds. Yeah. And from now on, I'm going to like timestamp when we're do- when we're starting and ending this uh, spoiler-filled discussion. If you don't want to hear that, this was going to be available for you. If you want to learn more of our deep thoughts about like the actual story of this game. Yeah, so, Paul, let me start. Both. Did that cut you off guard? So much. I did not. Like, they they got us. Mm-hmm. They got us so good because, um, I guess, once again, continuing the God of War Ragnarok comparisons. Uh, I could not. I could, War, not yeah, I could not believe that we have two games similar that had an Odin moment. <laughs> the, man, I... I don't know if I would say that I I saw it coming less because it was for sure a deep surprise in Ragnarok finding Mm -hmm. out the details about that specific betrayal. Um, 
but this one felt like it almost came out of nowhere unless you really listened mm -hmm. to what Bode has been saying the entire game. Yeah. Always he throwing was... you hints about, like, do we really want to have this That's... planet... Tan what was the name of the new, of the new planet? that they're Tantalor. Do we really want to use Tantalor for all these people when we can have it for ourselves and all of that? Well, it was like... It was... Bode is a Last of Us character put into the Star Wars universe. Yeah. <laughs> it's essentially if Joel uh. decided to be a Star Wars character. Yeah. Um, and how that looks to an outsider, essentially, mm -hmm. if you yeah. really want to break it down. Yeah. Um, Here's what's I, ironic, Paul. It's like, yeah. Bode is not a villain. If you no, really think about exactly it, it's like, it. he's not a villain. He's just like a morally compromised character, former Jedi. That's doing everything he can to survive after, like, the Inquisitors hunted him and killed his wife. And he has a daughter he wants to protect. So He's clearly gone through all this stuff that we're never going to see to, like, not trust anybody else. And it's not even from a selfish, like, we're going to keep this for ourselves. It's I don't trust anybody else except the people right in front of me. But if you don't agree... I will kill everyone in this room for the sake of my daughter, essentially. And it's right. it's such a wild... It seems like it's out of nowhere, almost, but when you just really break it down, you think, this guy has clearly gone through the worst possible experience. Not only watching everybody betray the Jedi, but then his own family mm -hmm. losing them, and now he's like, I will trust nobody else ever again, and it just makes perfect sense. Even to the very end, he wants Cal on his side. He's like, I don't hate him. Mm -hmm. He even telling his daughter, like, hey, we had a bit of an argument, but I really hope he comes around. Like, mm -hmm. he's genuinely wants everybody on the Mantis to live, to join him, to agree with him. Which, by the way, have you been finding the echoes, like the post game echoes yes. of his? Like, and you're I've learning, been like, about it. Yeah, yeah. You're learning, like, the like tiny oh. backstories of if you remember certain certain points of the story when you were around there and, and him like contacting Debrick, I think was the name of the uh, the Imperial officer yep. that if you read the bios it says that uh, they met with uh, they, they made each other in the Clone Wars very similar to when Anakin and Tarkin met back in like Clone Wars season three that you know Ooh. that there were that there was like these people that were working for the Republic that eventually right. like that merged into the Empire and had some like relationships with the Jedi he was one that he compromised himself becoming like a tool for the empire for the sake of of his daughter and then him and then Bode learning about tanalor was the reason was, was finally the moment of him being like yes yeah, like screw the empire it's like now it's like we, i found my out the out yep. that cal has been struggling with like the for the for this entire story that's been like the crutch of the story of seeing like the the five years in between fallen order and jedi survivor like the way that's it's put Cal uh, in that he just wants to like take it to the Empire because he only he his his life has only been known as the weapon because mm -hmm. when you really think about like how young he was when he was put into the Clone War uh, into a, a clone literal Wars. child, a soldier, literal child, a literal child utilized yeah. by the Jedi. Like when you break that side of it down already, you're just like, man, this brings such a gray area in. Um, it's one thing I wanted to mention before I'm forgetting it: the way that they basically Matrix the entire intro where you rewatch it and it recontextualizes everything with mm -hmm. why and how Bode survived after uh -huh. breaking off. You're like, because he's been on the inside the entire time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just separate the after the high school's like, wrong. He's like, don't worry guys, I'm gonna pull some of them off of me. I'll see you later. And the fact that everybody else goes except for Bode and he's 
he never explains how he survived mm -hmm. he's just like yeah buddy oh dude i'm so glad that you you're out in mm -hmm. the same way what was his name cypher from the matrix is uh -huh. like how did you escape and he's like dude like i don't know how man it's mm -hmm. like i just got that connection i made it and then all of a sudden the betrayal hits and you go, you yeah. son of a gun, I knew and it. <laughs> and especially because the characterization of Bode is like, even though now in hindsight you can kind of see what he was telling you, it's like he was such a charismatic character, like mm -hmm. such a like, like such a nice body to have around. He has such like you. himbo energy, like <laughs> big dude, like chilling out, having fun, using his jetpack and pistols. And like you think... Oh, well, they instituted him in literal, like, gameplay segments with, like, combos and everything. Who else does that? Marin, mm -hmm. the character who's super loyal. Like, yeah. of course, like, you're not going to put all that effort. And now officially love interest. Yeah, and that's, love a, interest well, for, that's yeah, another thing. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, uh, this didn't come as much as a surprise if you paid attention to the way that uh, she and Cal interacted, like, late in Jedi Fallen Order. Because that's the thing, Marin was there in the story. But she joins your crew like very late. By the time that you're like near the end, but you can feel. I don't you can know. It was funny because Zach talked about it being kind of a surprise that they were now kind of flirting and being a thing. I was like, that was even like not even talking about the end of the game. Mm -hmm. I was like, that was super obvious the second they were first like facing off against each other. Yeah, and and on top of that, uh, it becomes more obvious if you do the post game of Fallen Order when you're like hundred percent in that game and going back to the planets. This game mm. does the thing where you can talk to your crew, like, because they're right. standing there, you can have some dialogue with them before you go off. Uh, that's when you would start, like, seeing uh, Cal and Marin have, like, more flirtation moments in Fallen Order. So, this is building on top of that, but in this one, it becomes, like, more obvious. Like, obviously, like, the Extremely. big... Obviously, the big kiss that happens right before the big machine battle, that is what we alluded to, like, in the non-spoiler section, which... Uh, man, what a cool sequence. It's like, you and Marin, like, platforming and teleporting through like you're seeing like what a night sister teleports themselves yeah. through to like go from different places as you're fighting like pushing this, like... the lore of star wars to its breaking point but still managing to be like this is theoretically possible and then the and, and, and right? technically we already know that the night sisters teleport themselves this is i was seeing like what it looks like yeah, to teleport we've already as a, seen it as a, as a night sister this is not uh admiral hold Turning the ship around at light speed, like light speed warping into snow ship, completely decimating an entire an, an, an entire ship crew. Uh, which then they wrote is like, oh yeah, that can never happen. It's like that's like one in a million shot. It was, it was like one in a million shot just at that distance. <laughs> but but yeah, this is like pushing enough but not breaking, and in a way that still made a lot of sense. And again, like just just the level of spectacle of that of that drill, like pursuing you like with the ships also shooting you and you teleporting and doing the wall running and 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 the dash which to me is like just like in general in order when you get the double jump was like such a transformative experience to traversal getting the dash as simple the as that is dash so good completely like upended like how how platforming felt and made it so much so much better it has like it has a momentum at the back end of it that I adore because it's a lot of games have this weird thing because you have to input momentum into a game. So a lot of companies, mm -hmm. devs don't really do it as much. You dash and then you stop and then you drop where this is the I, I keep constantly referencing it, but Devil May Cry, mm -hmm. um, you dash and you stay moving. So you'll do this little slide at the end of it if mm -hmm. you can chain that with everything else your attacks mm -hmm. your jumps your movement it 
like the fact that you can build so many challenges based on just on that platforming mm -hmm. shows how strong the mechanics and physics around that game are mm -hmm. like i used to make fun of cal's weird stick up his butt run mm -hmm. um and it's like there's still elements of it but i still especially think that... when you're you have the double stances which we didn't we haven't oh. talked about the stances in this game we haven't which, even touched it yeah because it's like it's like <laughs> how cool are the two newer ones blaster and sword and cross guard uh obviously cross guard is like the most like risk reward one because there's been many times that i've started the attack and i get hit and all that but the satisfaction you can get of those stupid like dark trooper robots that are that look so similar to to Moff Gideon's dark troopers from the Mandalorian that have like this a big big thing and being able to like land one of those attacks with the crossguard super uh, super satisfying. However, I'll say this like Breezefawn, please tell me this is intentional or maybe not intentional, but you're gonna leave it like that. When you look at how much damage you're supposed to do with the blaster oh, lightsaber yeah. attacks. It's like in the way because when you go into the menu and see the and see the stances, it tells you the power of attack. The power of attack of the of the blaster uh, lightsaber one is super low, but it's much stronger sometimes than the cross guard. That's what I'm like. Um... What confuses me about the blaster stance, which is probably my favorite, um, I've kind of decided that even if when I restart and I play other styles, I think you're I gonna keep, keep that the blaster oh, yes. stance. Um, but what? doesn't make sense to me is it feels like the damage is flipped mm -hmm. where it feels like the gun is what's supposed to be doing the most damage but the the gun's like a pea shooter unless you charge it sometimes yeah but it still doesn't sometimes damage. it's not yeah exactly like sometimes it does a ton of damage and it just wipes somebody out i mean obviously your weakest enemies it's a one-shot kill whatever and there's also the perks which uh, that's another system that was added into this game the perk system that can help you quote unquote build craft depending on the kinds of movements you want to like emphasize depending yeah. on the stances you pick uh there's one that increases blaster damage right so, which is one thing so uh, let me get into that in a second mm -hmm. um but like with the blaster being the limited ammo um and the lightsaber being the spot you would think that especially because you're using like a fencing style that's super low damage you're just supposed to do some stabs against like their block and then use the blaster for the real damage but it almost feels like i could just sit there do like my little windmill swing and just i love that their block is that, gone that, that uh count duku style uh, it, yes it, it, it's so funny it's like i wish i don't know if there's one I would hope there is, but it would make sense because there's like a double. There, you have to double. I would have the loved a count the, the curve, like the limp D, like people. Unfortunately, like, <laughs> unfortunately, there is no like rapier look mm -hmm. to it because, like you said, it has to connect in a straight line. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, but but the, but the lightsaber like style of, of fencing that 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 Cal attacks with his lightsaber, he has a blaster. I it's really like, like that. Yeah, it's very Count Dooku, and and it's the so way satisfying. That it fits in with you can do swing shot swing shot or swing swing shot it's like perfectly fits in with the animations his left arm comes up in the exact shot spot there we go to make sh any sort of combo out of that kind of direction and like the way you can just switch between that switch over to like cross guard for instance to kind of like get some distance and the way that each of these stances is so different now mm -hmm. that it just made me so happy and the way 
the customization and all that stuff. Anyway, but yeah. So how often did you perks. change your? How often did you change your custom fall? It was so hard to be undecided because there's so many good ones here, especially there's when you so find color good ones. Like once you find like the yeah. color upgrades, it's like yes, because this you one, could like jump between one and just change the colors if you really flip, wanted to, like, like in a flip. Yeah. The fact that you can do it during cutscenes, like I told y'all, where I just made it really thematically right. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, if he gets like really hit by something in a cutscene, I'm gonna like take his jacket off, so he just has the the shirt as the finisher. Um, which I did that after like the big explosion in the archive when Cal went to chase after Bode. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm using like the Luke Skywalker black mm -hmm. shirt, um, and that was just such a good look for him. But like. Just the way, like, you got the cool leather jacket, you've got the Jedi outfits, you got the crazy bounty armor, um, bounty hunter armor, and so many variations within that. Um, the hairstyles and beards. Yeah. Did not expect that to be a thing. So whenever that was revealed, of course, yeah. that was. I rug the full beard. I, I rug the full beard most of the time, or at least the, the full clean shaven beard. Because there's one that can be I like... I keep more... the short one, personally. Yeah, but because there's the, there's the disheveled one, which, ironically, mm -hmm. right now, as I'm, like, just exploring around and just and, and just capturing, the, like, finding all the collectibles and all that, now I'm wearing the Obi-Wan uh, the, the Obi uh, show nice. outfit from, like, the pre-order bonus, if you get the deluxe edition, the super, like, long hair and the big beard. And nice. Especially because, uh, because uh, his it, that, that costume has... Like all the stuff that Obi Wan was carrying with him, and in, in in the show, and at the end of the show, uh, it it feels thematically being like Cal has been going through hell, and now he's like exploring around, and he's like and true this hermit stuff. mode. Yeah, it's usually what I did when I was in uh, Kobo. Mm -hmm. I would get like the hunter outfit, which is like the Kratos fur coat mm -hmm. cloak thing. Uh -huh. Such no. a good look. In Kobo, different. I get the cowboy outfit. There's one that has like the, the like the big. Cow it depends on where I am. Yeah. But you're right. Usually it's like I get the cowboy with like the mm -hmm. fancy leather pants and everything. And then like when I was in the swamp area, I did like the hunter look. And then the, the upper area, I did the cool fur uh, collar jacket. Um, just just so many good looks. And the fact that Cal looks good in like all of them yeah. and cutscenes and everything. I will say it mm. is funny that in order to get like those the, the cosmetic cosmetic improvements like beards and all that is like on chests. Yeah, it's, it's kind of it, weird. It, it's dumb, but I don't care because it's like it's much better than just ponchos. And uh, and I mean, mm. you, and you still have like finding the different colors for the for your lightsaber. I mean, like for the the lightsaber colors are like carried over from like the end of uh, which I'm so of glad Lord that they was already in unlocked. And then of course the red one. That was in, introduced in, in New Game Plus, and the last one is also introduced here. I wish yeah. the red could have been unlocked now, like once you're at, especially because of what happens to Cal, which he embraces the dark side of yeah. the Force, in, like late in the story, which in is kind of canon. Like... Technically, is what leads you to. Mm -hmm. I mean, we literally watched it happen the, when you it, give it, it, to the dark side. Yeah, is this the first time, like in any media outside comics, where we've seen uh, a Jedi like is... make their their their, their, their Kyber's crystal bleed? To become that red. is the first time yeah. because it was a big deal that I watched like he's holding in his hand I went like the second he disassembled his lightsaber went oh my gosh he's about to, he's gonna, gonna do it, it. Yeah. he's about to do it because yeah, which like we're, said, we're, we were talking about Dagon which is the yeah. who we think is the main villain of this game for like a majority of it this mm -hmm. this like uh this old Jedi from like the High Republic which by the way also this is the first like 
outside comics media where we're dealing with the High Republic, which Lucas like Lucasfilm already confirmed as like a official canonical like timeline back in Star Wars Celebration, which the Acolyte TV show is going to deal with uh, next year. Uh, the one that was going to include Carrie on Moss, like Trinity from yep. Matrix. So that that's going to be like the first live action media that is going to deal with the High Republic. But they let Respawn like give us the first look outside comics to the High Republic. The meditation chambers you visit in, in this game are like High Republic stuff. Like a lot of the stories you following the footsteps of Dagan and Sakar Kree, I think was what was the name of the black woman that basically we learn is the is the is the one that cut off Dagan's arm and basically making him. Oh, uh, it starts with an S. Yes, Sakar Kree, I think. Yeah, Sakar Kree. That's, yeah. that's her last name. Yeah. Yes, and you hear her voice um, a lot when you go into. In, into the meditation chambers. Uh, what are you gonna say? I needed to make sure that I was speaking correctly. So, this is probably the first outside of comics and books. Uh, concurrent, however, was I think yesterday the Young Jedi Adventures, which is that uh -huh. cutesy kid show that's coming out on Disney Plus, is also in the High Republic. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. So that's why, of course, everybody's like, oh, the younglings are going to get killed at the end of the show. It's like, no, it's the higher public, you ignorant sluts. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just needed to make sure I was reading that correctly before I started saying things yeah. that were not right. But yeah, I was just um, saying, this is the first from, like, there, yeah, this is the first from like a meaningful, like canonical way that we're seeing like this element is finally being portrayed. Well, this is like the first it still predates that show which came out yesterday so mm -hmm. it, it beats that uh the books were the only other time and that was like very minor the comics yeah. were the only the other comics time. were basically setting up that's that, that timeline it was basically right. finally uh when like kathleen kennedy was saying that they didn't have like backstory and, and all that like well, that was so hard it's like so dumb lies but it, it was then finally creating new like backstory by finally making books in that high republic establishing the Jedi as is, as is more benevolent knights instead of the uh, the more roby Jedi that we know of from like the prequel trilogy, and uh, also this being kind of like in between the old Republic, which it's still being dealt with the still with the, like with thousands the, of years ago. Yeah, and now the other like the the Dawn of the Jedi that's the movie from James Mangold, but right. this felt like finally seeing a little bit of a taste of what the Acolyte can give us in live action literally next year, and that was that was a cool thing that was a cool thing and. Also, how Dagon is basically like an analog of Anakin Skywalker, down to like losing the right arm. Even though, yep. in, in this case, he could have easily gotten like a metal arm if he wanted, but no. It's like, you're fighting him, and he literally is like, can whoop your ass with just one arm. <laughs> and, and the fact that he can use the Force, and at some point creates an arm for himself out of the, out force, of the force during yeah. a second phase of his fight is just like okay that makes sense this dude is just on that level i mean he uses a force push push on you by like moving his shoulder yeah. uh -huh. towards you which as we know it's hard to do that comparatively um gosh yeah so yeah. i feel like we're jumping around a little bit what is like are we wanting to focus more on the mechanic side of this because we talked a lot about the styles we talked mm -hmm. about some of that um yeah. is there anything spoiler filled that Mecha we want to do yeah mechanically i would say like the biggest thing is the fact that you lose your lo your slow movement like near the near the end of this near the end of the story because that is like switched to a rage mode that's like dark side filled which is like when you're like in the person when oddly enough it feels like the game's going to end halfway through when you beat dagon like in the sky section 
And when that happened, I was like, oh, we killed it. Okay. So this was my, my, my thought process. Like, okay, this feels very like ending like, but is this game going to end right now? And then the thing that happens, which is like, I remember seeing the trailer. Mm-hmm. There was this section where I see Cal like in the speed in, in, in the speeder using the force to send a scout trooper into like a TIE fighter. That hasn't happened yet. Is that like the last section of the game? And so then when, when we beat Dagan, it's like the way you beat da- uh, Dagan is interesting because it's like he uses the force to like send you like in, in, in a trippy thing and, and he starts like uh, appealing towards like your insecurities and the things that have been like bubbling inside inside Cal over the last five years since like Order 60, his survival of Order 66 and like the the weight of him like crossing that line into like, the dark side or the things that he's like insecure about like that that comes that comes to a head there but he never goes far enough because you beat uh you you beat Dagon uh using his same trick where he gets into his Which mind to, port- a... to portray uh, Sakar yeah. Kree. And then you beat him and then you get this final compass, which is like, this compass is going to send you to Talonor, which you see like in a vision early on. And and then we get into Jedi and then immediately clicked in my head of like, hmm, it's like, it's about to happen, isn't it? Like yeah, something's it, about to go down. Yeah, I we're going see, to Jeddah. This yeah. lines up. What's what's gonna happen here? Yeah, I will and say. That, I want to. I will oh, say this, yeah, but with uh, I will say this with uh, both. I thought what had happened, and this was gonna happen, is that before we realized that it was actually both doing it, doing this, is that uh, this was actually Dagon all along, and he was using the Force to like. Like, mm-hmm. at, at, like, like, because you remember that he he fights Dagon and he like chokes him up and all that. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of I was kind of thinking that maybe he was like being so strong in the force that he was like hiding himself like in the eyes of everyone, and that was actually Dagon all this time. That but... would have been cool, but it also would have been way too on the nose compared to what mm-hmm. Odin did. Exactly. Um, so yeah. I'm glad that that changed. I want to tell you what got spoiled for me. I have a uh, thing that, that I got thought spoiled. was fake. Yeah. It was literally seer fighting Darth god Vader. damn it that was the same thing that happened to me they had to delete because i i went into tiktok that was the first thing and i saw that she was like holding the lightsaber like in yep. a zoomed in thing i was like yep. is that full in order but i saw that it was a but it, it was bald uh seer i was seer. like god damn it that was like no yeah th- th- that got spoiled for me it's like that probably like helped a lot in blunting the fact that they put Darth vader in this game again yep. and uh i'll say this like from a story perspective probably my least favorite thing from this game that Bader had to be used again uh, because uh, if you remember Fallen Order like he appeared as such a re- like, a, like 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 such a like like such a powerhouse where you can he, he didn't even have a health bar like you couldn't even you beat couldn't him hit him in the slightest I thought the whole time when like let's let's kind of walk through the big betrayal scene yeah. and then we'll kind of end on that Vader moment so of course the Bode betrayal mm-hmm. the fact that I thought Eno Cordova, the big master uh-huh. that he followed through all of Jedi Fallen yeah, which Order, I thought he shows was up, dead yeah. forever ago. And then he sh- and he showed up here, which was really like, like nice. No explanation, uh-huh. practically. He's just like, yeah, we bumped into Seer, and we're hanging out here now. It's like, you're alive? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole time, like, I was... I do kind of wish that we got a little bit more explanation for that. I didn't even remember that Eno Cordova was Seer's master. Mm-hmm. That was, was said like, early in man... Fallen Order. Very yeah, early. and it was like, and I've played through that game four or five times now, and somehow I still didn't like quite connect that. But yeah, so anyway, just the fact that he was alive, still wearing his regular Jedi robes and everything, mm-hmm. like, no, no big deal. What, like it's hard to survive as a Jedi? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, 
all right, buddy, I don't even know your deal. Yeah, and I, and I would say that there was a sense of foreboding at the fact that they were building the Jedi archives there in Jedha because if you remember with Rogue One, yep. that's that temple is the one that uh, Tarkin tests uh, the, 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 the Death Star laser. Yep. Yeah, because they were um, like, we're gonna like delete uh, all remnants. What of... I'm wondering, uh, what was the name? Base and uh, Donnie Yen's character were they guards oh, at that... one of these? Yeah, I like of that specific temple. Like, yeah. could they have? The, been... guy, the, the guy, the guy like, uh, I'm one with the force. The force is with me. We're yeah, yeah, about that, that guy. one. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. Rogue One. So, like, could he have been one of those? disciples essentially like because mm -hmm. i know they said they were guarding one of the temples that was there mm -hmm. but they were clearly like not jedi you know who fits those descriptions mm -hmm. all of those was the anchorites the anchorites yeah so that would be kind of cool to make that connection um which would make a lot of sense anyway so going back to just, like the, just occurred to me so so going back to like that betrayal sequence so it starts with they finally fix the the compass but then they hear rumblings that they hear that there's a big imperial battalion coming in, and then yeah. at that point you see that uh, uh, Bode is 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 holding uh, a is holding to Cordova. Cordova, and Cordova is like pleading him to not do it, and then he should, like he just straight up shoots him dead. He just and then Uncle escapes Ben's him. the yeah. guy. Yeah, and then you just uh, then you like pursue him to, uh, and it starts like the motorcycle oh sequence that we yeah. see in that trailer, which is like the scale of that play was really cool of that scene. Uh, I didn't like the first part of the speeder bike because there was nothing to do. No, you were just moving around. It's just until yeah, you're, until I, like the enemies start popping in. It was like scripted was, moment. It was just weird because it was like almost scripted, but there was nothing like I couldn't attack. I couldn't defend. I was almost like hoping there was a little bit of that Final Fantasy VII remake where like mm -hmm. you can use the lightsaber yeah. left and right, like do something. But I was just like, okay, I avoided that. I avoided this. And I just, it felt a little like it went on too long. But then once the real stuff happened, mm -hmm. that was fantastic. Yeah. And then Homeboy you're, busting out his lightsaber. That yeah, and you're, and, you're and you're attacking the uh, the scout troopers, having like some of the mini games that ends up with the thing we saw in the trailer yeah. of him lifting the scout trooper to hit him in the uh, in, in, TIE in, fighter. In, with, the, with the TIE fighter. And then ending with that like battle with Bo that you know you're going to lose because you don't have BD with you. So you're like... Oh right. crap! I don't have my healing thing, so I guess I'm not gonna beat him here. And of course, that happens. I didn't even realize it until I was about to die, because I hold back until I have red every time. Mm -hmm. And like, I had this moment of, "All right, I'm fighting, fighting. Okay, time to heal." Oh, oh yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the next hit brought me into the um, into the cutscene where the he cut basically scene. beats you, and then he shows you that he has a Dagon's lightsaber. He like he, he right. picked it up and shows you that he's actually a Jedi, and and then like he throws you off of the thing. He shoots you in the chest a little bit, yeah. and then like you like fall, and then Cal is trying to like grab his lightsaber and screaming to see her, and then it goes to black and it says respawn, and you get in, and then you get the moment, which is you playing a seer, like a seer it, just wiping. Like <laughs> it reminded me of the prequel segment of the Force Unleashed. Uh -huh. Where you're playing as Starkiller's father, where mm -hmm. you're just like you're still just like a regular Jedi, but you were beating the crap out of. Everybody was this in the Wii you. version? Because that wasn't in the 360 no, version. Okay. Yeah, it was the 360 version. We, the first mission, you're playing oh, as his father. No, you play Vader. as Darth Vader. You're playing as Vader, remember? Oh, you're right. What yeah, am you, I saying? Yeah, you fight. Okay, so, you fight Starkiller's father. Yeah. Yeah, you fight him. That's my bad. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. So, 
essentially that uh reverse that and that's what mm -hmm. i felt like where you just go in through and you were just overpowered as heck wiping dudes out left and right and it just feels so good um it, it it's crazy i watched very carefully she's using a blend of mm -hmm. most of the styles mm -hmm. all together because you don't have any altogether. other styles with her right um but like i thought it would be it would be easier for them to just duplicate the single blade style but you don't do that. There's moments within her regular combos that look like other moves within that. So I thought that was really cool. The way you were just wiping dudes out left and right was so awesome. Um, it made me kind of wish that you could like somehow get this perfect like last style mm -hmm. that does blend all of them. But yeah, technically <laughs> it is with the rage mode that you eventually get. It that's true because mm -hmm. um, it is different than the single. Uh, bladed lightsaber but yeah to see her going through yeah. wiping dudes out now as this was happening paul where didn't you have a sinking feeling in your stomach that this was the end of the game as you're playing this year um i knew that i've had a feeling i would get to play as i i knew seer would die and i had a feeling because of the little spoiler that mm -hmm. i saw oh shoot darth vader's gonna show up he's gonna kill her now what i just didn't really think how it was gonna play out because I thought what was going to happen is, like, Seer would do all this stuff, yeah. she'd finally fight Vader, and it would be another, like, Cal from so, Jedi Fallen Order. I had heard in their review that the game ended on a quote-unquote cliffhanger, and everything that was happening in this section had vibes that things are going to go really wrong, and that's how they're going to leave us off. Especially, especially knowing that Vader was going to show up here, which, then as I, when you start thinking about the timeline of how, why Vader is here... It mm -hmm. makes sense that this is a confrontation that happens after he goes through the whole Obi-Wan ordeal. Because like right. the Inquisitors, other than the Ninth Sister in this game, are just not present. They talk mm -hmm. about the Inquisitorious. In fact, uh, when you're at that ISB base in the... In, in, they in, mention in, in, in that the, they're in the, being visited by yeah, the they're, Inquisitorious. They're visited by, exactly. So, in, in, in this case, like you beat Bader, which mm. that's like... A, in fact, like, don't like I, that. Yeah, I don't like that because it's like... I feel like if, if there's something that I just don't like is the idea of Vader like losing so much in around this around around this time. I so feel there's, like I uh, you know, because I don't like it because I don't feel like Seer should have been able to beat him mm -hmm. at all. Um, I'll she say that there is some, strong enough. No, that's the thing. Like you remember that she when she was tapping to the dark side of the Force back in Jedi Fallen Order, and Vader was like coaching us. It makes sense if she was also still tapping to that strength. Because it's one, it's one that kind of levels her, levels her up evenly, quote unquote, with Vader, who is supposed to be like the strongest Force user in the galaxy, and, all, and, what, and like, all of that. But she was she not tried tapping. To in Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just like you said. Like she mm -hmm. tried to, and he was still like, "Yeah, okay, you're trying. That's cute." Mm -hmm. And then just stands back up in the middle of it. But mm -hmm. this time, it's like, like you said, she's not tapping into any dark side. Very clearly, she's like, "I am good Jedi person." Mm -hmm. And just proceeds to essentially canonically beat the crap out of Vader mm -hmm. until he gets a cheap shot on her. Um, that, yeah, that when she's like stabbing, and then you you realize that while she was stabbing, he literally pulled his lightsaber to like stab her, like right, right as she was. Like, it's like granted, you know what? She kind of asked for it. Mm -hmm, yeah, um, she could. So I don't really blame Vader it, for that. Because one. that's the thing. Like, uh, remember what she tells Beatty when you uh, at the last section is like we're, we have to get the we have to get the coordinates of the hidden path, which the hidden path or is uh again the obi-wan reference that's what uh tala 
showed Obi Wan right. Obi Wan and Leia. So that's a that's a super direct connection. That's how they tied um, this game to the Kenobi show. It's like the hidden pass is something right. that Sears started, and then that 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 network was still being like pursued and will continue to be pursued based on what mm. we know on in the Kenobi show that the hidden path got away because Vader was so like laser focused and, find, and finding Obi-Wan in that finale. So right. then you can make the argument that Vader literally had just lost to Obi-Wan. So maybe he wasn't at his strong when he went to pursue Seer. But then at the same time, it's like, I don't like that. I personally don't like that. I feel like Vader, Vader's defeat canonically should only happen with like his former master and also his former Padawan, as we see in the Twilight of the Apprentice episodes mm. of Rebels, where literally those two episodes, like the the, the the Kenobi finale and the season two finale of Rebels, they're like the two sides of the mask of how they quote unquote beat Vader with like the slash, yeah. uh, with, with, with the slash uh, mask and hearing both the Anakin and Vader voices like intermingled. Uh, so, and also, I will say this the only thing that I like about Vader showing off here is that his boss fight was brutal. It was so funny oh that you gosh. literally wrote in our chat. It was like, I don't know if it's because that's how they designed this game or I'm at a different point in my life, but I'm just steamrolling through these bosses. And then I asked you, Are, have you gone back to Jedi? I literally asked because I had already beaten the game and I knew that was happening. And if I could, it took me four tries to beat Vader. Uh, and uh, and then when you said it, I was like, Tell me when you're in Jedi, because I needed to see like you're if you're gonna be yep. struggling with Vader. Also, I will say that is still the only boss fight alongside the Rancors and the Frog thing that I had trouble with. Like the how about Ravis? Do you have trouble with Ravis? Because he was kind of no, tough, I, but I... I destroyed him in my first try. It's it's what it shocked me because I was just like, is this it? I, yeah. I'm kind of surprised. Yeah, I did it in two with him because I got cocky. Like I yeah. I was gonna heal and then I didn't. Uh, I didn't account for the fact he was, he had a whip attack in the se in his second phase, and that's how he was I was like, crap. Well, let's try again, and th that's why I beat him. Uh, how uh, when you fight both at the very end when we go to Talonor, how did that fight treat you? I killed him like immediately. Yeah, immediately, uh, it was. I, I'm honestly surprised that I had almost no trouble with it because I had like nine dim things. I had so 11. I could just. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> see, but that's just it. Like. It felt like I had so much ability to heal that it didn't matter when I would kind of get hit a few times. I yeah. just, all right, full health, my, let's do this. My brother only remained with six teams, and he had trouble with that fight. That uh, makes sense. So I feel like that uh, that final fight with Bode and, Ta and Talonor is like it's all dependent on how many stims you've you found in your exploration, which they're usually like not that far away. There are a few that you may know where they are, but you have to like backtrack a lot. Like one, like in the starting area of Kobo, is like one that you see from the beginning, but you can't get there until you get the R1 Triangle X Force Power. Which right. I will say, like especially because this game does the same thing as uh, as Fallen Order, that eventually like something happens canonically that tells teaches uh, Cal like something that he can use yeah. at a certain point. There's just something anticlimactic about like the the next ability other than the dash, which was amazing. Oh yeah, now like I can use my force to lift and and drop things. Slam. Yeah, it it makes it at least it, at first it made sense because it makes me think, oh, he has the strength to now lift giant objects because mm -hmm. that's what like you use it on. There's like huge things that you can lift out of the way, but then it's also like enemies used that you can lift on, also if you upgrade. Right. Um, 
but then it's also used on like tiny hatch doors and mm-hmm. little things and it's like you should have been able to do this all along buddy like yeah. that's not that big of a deal yeah that's the metroidvania side of this game kind of like rearing its ugly head in a way that doesn't make sense like based on like canonically like if you're a ford's user like just think about it. Like if you're an, if the you're in Star Wars, the first thing that you learn is it's like being able to like and yeah. how often push. is like do this and like open doors and all that. That those are the kinds of things that I'm like, uh, well, yeah, it's a video game, but it's just it just feels mm-hmm. weird. Similar to that when you use rest points in in this game and then you just pops the enemies back up. It's like this salty yeah. stuff. Is like these are the things that in universe for Star Wars doesn't quite make sense, but the rest of it is so good that it's just like nitpicking if you just want to if you're being very holistic about it, but that right. final battle with Boat is like just, uh, I feel it's very dependent on how many stims you had, because I beat it in once, but I used all my stims. I was like, I, I especially because at the end he starts doing like shockwave attacks. Those were the I ones think... that were messing messing me up and, and my oh, blasters. you know what? I, I think I because the cross guard, I almost only did the hold move. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is blaster stance mm-hmm. to kind of wear him down a little bit. And then, then cross guard to up my send force, back to send back the blasters. And then cross guard to send back the blaster shots and then use my big overhead attack. I found out that jump shockwave move mm-hmm. is ridiculously broken. It's super broken. It, like, because it does it, so much damage, it, it knocks them back. Yeah. It eliminates it, stamina. Yeah. This, it, it, the 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 poise meter of the of the enemies, like it just deletes them sometimes. So it's so busted, and I love it with yeah. every fiber of my being. Yeah. So, how do you like the idea that Bode was the final boss of this game? Like the absolute, like that that was the end cap. It it worked out for me, I think, because it I didn't like Dagon as much. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was kind of glad that we got him out of the way. He didn't feel like a really compelling villain. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like he's the megalomaniac crazy dude with a red lightsaber that you're obligated to kill in a Star mm-hmm. Wars game. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it was just like, good lord, I really hope that Vader thing isn't real. And if so, I hope he's not the final boss again. And that, that was my, and, and that was my big fear on that Jedi so section. I'm glad that. that we got that kind of out of the way. Little details aside, it's like it played out pretty much how I expected. Seer dies in the process. Mm-hmm. Cal is busted. That like quiet moment of him crying over Seer's body. That's the thing like, that made it worth it. It's like, I didn't like ooh. the Vader moment, but everything after afterwards when she died and and she's like uh, setting the Force Echo that Cal finds so he can see like the, her last stand yeah. and then him crying over the over both she and uh, and and Cordova's death. That happened mm-hmm. there, and then you like see the two bodies, and just 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 covered, and then eventually yeah. Bode's body, which at the end, where yeah. after everything's done, like we get the Return of the Jedi style uh, funeral. I I want to back up just slightly uh-huh. and go into the kind of tying into how things end with every villain, and also how that fight with Bode finished, um, if you don't mm-hmm. mind. Yes, because I feel like I want to do that, and then we can talk about like the true mm-hmm. ending of all. The way. Um, from the beginning, I thought something was a little off the way Cal is like very callously willing to just kill for nothing. Mm-hmm. The way he took out his lightsaber at that senator, I was like, is this man going to kill a senator in cold blood? Mm-hmm. But then finalizing that with Ninth Sister after losing his team yeah. and just going, it's time to set you free and cutting her head off. <laughs> Just immediately, no remorse at all, and he's just like, "It had to be done. That's what's happening. All right, moving on." Yeah, guys. but that's the thing. Like at that that moment with the ninth sister, like really set the tone of like, "Holy crap!" It was like, 
Yeah. He's like, uh, like because like, beheading, beheading anyone. It's like if you remember, go back to Revenge of the Sith. Uh, the beheading yeah. of Count Dooku is like what starts like the downward spiral the for for Anakin becoming Vader in that movie. So that's just like you don't cut the head off of somebody with a lightsaber unless you're really going for it. And mm -hmm. even like in those moments, it's usually like a very like. Oh, I got the the random slice down the chest, and that just magically kills them. Or they kill themselves in the process, like Green Goblin on his glider, kind of mm -hmm. essentially. It's like, oh, I want to save you, but you do something so arrogant that it kills yourself in the process. He's like, no, I will just yeah. murk you immediately, mm -hmm. and then continuing that on with um, the Ravis. killing and the killing animations. Um, as you go, oh my gosh, the brutality <laughs> that Cal is willing to just lop limbs off the blaster execution those are so cool with slapping and then he started like flipping the the blaster like his revolver oh, ocelot and then like shoot it's like they're always so satisfying the but... way i'm so glad he spins his blaster after every time you put it away it's just puts it away or like especially if you start and end a fight before you can take out your lightsaber he'll do a different spin um because if it's like a quick kill enemy it's like boom boom he'll like do a, a different spin uh because he just like so quickly django fetted somebody essentially mm -hmm. um yeah so that's another thing entirely but yeah so the executions the starting off boss ravis now going this whole journey like cal even tries to kind of get convince. into his head yeah and convince and he's ravis, like yeah. i will not i'm going to try to kill you again anyway which, by the way, I love that Ravis is so experienced in dealing with Jedi that he uses the exact stock phrase that makes every Jedi back down. Mm -hmm. At first, when you meet him, he's like, noble Jedi Knight, I will leave if yeah. you leave me in peace. And he's like, sure. damn it. All right, fine, whatever. <laughs> After killing his buddy. But then he's like, that's your one shot, man. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, Cal comes back and he's like, you made it this upon yourself essentially yeah and then he was like give me the honorable death yeah and cal sure enough i think cuts his head off too if i'm mm -hmm. not mistaken um which shout out to that dude basically being another version of dirge from the 2003 clone wars show <laughs> oh, did he wow. pick up on that dang because he's the the pink tentacle thing that's uh -huh. like impossible to kill that's literally him. It's the same. Man, uh, I haven't I haven't seen that in in forever. I have to like rewatch that. Like it's that 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 Tarkovsky uh, Clone Wars thing is like it's not as ingrained in my mind as other stuff oh, like recently. But it man, is it's just so good. Permanently, just printed on my head. In my head is what actually happens in all the Tarkovsky uh, stuff with like the way Jedi are. And I see everything else as like the limitations of media mm -hmm. because you can't show like Mace Windu lightning punching a B2 battle droid so hard. It's mm -hmm. bolts come out, but like, and, and that's, that's why they, assume. that's why they, they canonize that because it's like, is that the only time where you see them that way and you never see it everywhere else. So that, that's why I like they, that, that cartoon is no longer like quote unquote canon, even though it technically is because where did Anakin get his, his scar? Where did Ventress get introduced? All of that. That was in that Clone Wars TV show. That Ventress then, like, dies in yeah. the Clone Wars on that one. And But we do see why Grievous has the cough. Because mm -hmm. Mace Windu force choked him. Exactly. Like, and a and that lot never of other stuff. And, and then that never got shown in the in, in, in the 3D animated one. So they could have been, but it got cancelled. So. 
Yeah. So anyway, we're go, go, go rabbit off of that trail yes. on that one. So yeah, coming back to it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So Ravis getting just executed, and then moving on to is there anybody else besides? Oh, well, Dagon. Obviously, after Ravis is yes, the Dagon um, thing where you go to the sky thing and Kobo. And sure enough, once again, Cal just. Mm, which, but, nice which by, the guy. by the way, by the way, in your way to go to uh, find Dagon, you go through like, an Imperial base, and then you have like the freaking funniest boss fight mm. I've ever seen, which is like Rick the Technician, I think it was, it was called. I, I am a little disappointed that you spoiled that for me, I'll be <laughs> honest. I, oh. I wish I had gotten to experience that blind, mm -hmm. because when it showed up, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to. <laughs> do the thing that I did. Yeah, like, I, I, I got you. Ah! <laughs> I oh my gosh, the... oh, that was so funny. That was so freaking funny. I'm like, I'm glad that respawn takes the world seriously, but has fun with it also. Yeah, especially it because made me very happy. you have like even characters like Turgle. Like side characters like a freaking frog that Voiced comes up from like my Invader, Invader Sim, Sim guy. God. Oh my gosh, I I can't believe it. But yeah, they they clearly have fun with every character they have. The, the Scottish mini dude that swims around the aquarium, and guy that has a big yeah, it has a big mustache, and then you can hear all this like pirate stories that he goes on and on and on and on when you're when you're, you're like back at the cantina, um, the hollow <laughs> table, which is absolute BS. Let me tell you. <laughs> I haven't even tested it because I know there's a trophy that you have to win all of them, and I'm dreading the fact that I have it to play that game. It sucks because <laughs> you can pick the right like characters essentially, and because it's AI controlled, all it takes is one of like the enemy characters to throw a grenade, and they just blindly run over it, and it's mm -hmm. over for you. You have to restart because it's you do it. You have to survive for three waves. If you lose mm -hmm. at the very end, you have to listen to them gloat. You have to start it up. You have to hear the stock phrase for them talking to you again. And then you have to go back into it from the beginning and do all three waves again. Mm -hmm. I hate it so much, but it's kind of addicting at the same time. Anyway, let's go back to the actual part of this that we were talking about. So finishing Dagon off, stabbing him through the chest mm -hmm. and then slashing him. He's dead, whatever. The final fight versus bode hmm. the way that you're building this up you're like i am genuinely not sure how cal is going to handle this because hmm. he's lost both of his masters he's nearly lost everyone else and the he dark the dark side of the man. the dark side of the force is finally like inside of him just waiting to like just dominate him which again in that fight happens when like uh when 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 uh whatchamacallit bode he's starts, like, like choking uh marin and hmm. Choke, that, that, well, was after, no, cow. that was after yeah. when he's like like slamming you with the hand which is funny that that's i true, saw i right. saw our friend sack that he clipped the, the moment where when he starts like like slamming you with the in the face like with punches and then the screen goes dark and then it mm -hmm. tells you it, it gives you the prompt to press the 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 two sticks to do the embrace yeah. the dark side and then our friend sack was like yeah i thought that was a test so i didn't do it and it actually uh game over to him kills you <laughs> yeah so that's funny so it's like, I had a it, feeling because I was like, is this like the morality thing or mm -hmm. is this like just part of the story? Yeah, but that's and, the thing. The game doesn't have yeah. a morality system. So I just pressed what it was. But uh, but just backtracking back, like when we go to that, that ISB base to find uh, to, to find both, getting to meet the daughter. That's the moment yeah. when like, which is Kata what was the name of her daughter? Kata, yeah. Of, of, of uh, their, which they of their daughter? emphasize the T very hard, but like Kata. Yeah, uh, Kata. So that so. to me was a moment that made both 
not a villain. That's the moment where we saw that he was, like you mentioned, he was basically a version of Joel from The Last of Us here in the in in in, in the uh, in in the, in this game, like especially meeting Captain in the, in the room and then and then mm. both coming in, sitting together, just explaining before he throws the Empire towards you because he knew that Cal was gonna be strong enough to destroy because he just wanted to like throw the Empire under the bus, leave like a wake yeah. of destruction as he's trying to find this place where he's gonna be safe with his daughter. Like that I love the first thing I I'll, I'll let you go in, but the first thing that Cal gets told after that moment is Grease going, did he take on the entire base again? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, go ahead and continue. Yeah. And as you're pursuing and then you're like running through all these battalions, you're like cornered. And then that's the moment where you press the Arthur. At first, when I, I uh, it prompted us, I thought they, they were going to give us uh, Sears ability. Because if you remember, if you, if you do Sears, she does like a thing. It was that, like a defense. Uh, uh, yes. But no. I he, think they probably set up for that because you're surrounded. You're mm -hmm. about to be attacked. You almost think like, oh, okay, like this is the big moment. You get Sears ability and then you read it and it says like L3 to R3 to unleash your darkness or release unleash your rage unleash your unleash the rage i was like and and then that's when you're like holy crap it's like they did it it's like they turned they turned cal to the dark side and then like when you go to the menu like when you go to customizations like the rest of your screen is not red it's like this like very very like heavy metal like red so it's like it's the the light changes it's like in destiny whenever you go from the the light styles to the yeah. darkness and it like completely changes the way the shadows mm -hmm. are on your character and it is just like oppressive and creepy looking and it's it like perfectly reflects what's going on inside cal yeah and and and, and, and credit to the game is that they just didn't fully turn him into the dark side now they right. said like by doing that Especially because immediately afterward, when you go through waves after waves, there's that part where Marion joins you or joins in, and you just have to keep like beating all the enemies. It's just wave after wave, and you keep getting more rage and rage. And then you, uh, Debrick, the the officer, like runs into you, and then Cal starts choking him, uh, choking him, and then Marin pulls him back. Um, yeah, and then that's which is like power to them for usually treating the Night Sisters as like the creepy dark side witches mm -hmm. Marin is the one that's bringing him back to the light in the process where it's like look at them yeah <laughs> guiding that yeah and how um, that and how they carry that through with the boat fight which then ends in the destiny 2 forsaken style mm. <laughs> if you notice yeah <laughs> essentially um just the fact that there was almost zero hesitation and like I think it was it was set up and paid off for the fact that Cal was reaching for Bode's blaster, mm -hmm. sabotaged it, and yeah. then that's why his blaster misfires mm -hmm. and Cal just goes oh. one one shot and then, and then another up, one <laughs> shoots him right in the chest. I was like, this is like the, very the very west, it was very so western, callous. yeah, and and it was very western, and 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 again in, in a way that is like think about like how the last game ended. It was like force being used to like escape from the inquisitor base because darth vader is there to basically a cowboy fight at the end like that usually you save like the double tap for that one rival character who's a little on edge anyway but the mm -hmm. fact that the main character does it in front of that character's daughter mm -hmm. was just like Oh, he just killed that man. Like, I thought there would be some kind of other, like, oh, you give me no choice and all that stuff. But he's just, yeah, yeah, he's dead. All and right. they and they gave Off. both and they and, and they gave both that um, that, that out. 
be like, hey, mm -hmm. there's been so much loss. Like, you have your daughter here. Don't make us do this. Like, right. Just surrender. It's like, let's, and the let's fact just... that he still went for it. Yeah, he was like Gosh. so. He was like, both was so selfish that he just didn't want anyone else to share this world with. Even though it was clear that Kata wasn't feeling comfortable, because we know that I she's. Mean, yeah, he... We know she's force sensitive. Like, and he uses the force against her several times to either force push her like very uh -huh. hurtfully or snaps the bridge between them with not really any care. It's like mm. he's in this rage mode where he's not even paying attention, but it he finally comes out of it right at the end. Like you see the, oh, I messed up all of this in that moment after he tries to fire his blaster and gets nothing else to say because Cal just kills him right there. Yeah. And then uh, that and yeah. then that leading to the funeral. Which yep. I tell you, it's like John Williams. No, no, no matter what, it's like this, the heart and soul of Star Wars. What makes Star Wars like linger in the mind is the music. The fact that they played the Vader uh, funeral theme from Return of the Jedi, but in a more somber way. But it's still like hitting those notes. And however, and and then just the significance of the moment of like uh, now Cal like lost his masters and lost what he considered a really good friend. And now he's like lost in aloof, and then that being signified by him after after they set the bodies on fire, and then he's just staring there, and then everything is fast forwarding around him. I felt that in my core because, like, as somebody who's had to go to several funerals far before you're mm. really old enough to handle it, that is like the best way to visually represent how it feels when he's just at his normal speed standing there and like you get that big one shots turn around him where everybody's in fast forward talking at him or doing things grieving in their own ways and then finally Marin talking one more time to him and then leaving mm -hmm. and he's just staring the whole time yeah like it it really hits home how much seer meant to him mm -hmm. which just and, and that's the thing like here's to. here's what's so funny Seer is not in this game off like too much, no. like compared to the first one. Like, obviously, you see her when you go back to Jada, but then you get a, a few of the flashbacks uh, that that you eventually get to like get those force powers. But I loved it, those, by the way. Yes, because it was like seeing it, it was at least trying to fill up some of the fill in some of the blanks that the alleged uh, Jedi Battle Scars book does, if you want to like go that route. But the few times that Seer is there is just to remind you like how much she means to Cal and how much. Uh, the fact that she and everyone in the Mantis left, like, hits on Cal. Hmm. Like, Cal loves her, like, as a, as a teacher, but there's always that 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 sense of loss or being like, man, it's like, she's not with me anymore. And hmm. just kind of like the excitement that they were going to go to Tannel or not together. She was going to join again, be part of, like, the crew. And then only yeah, before... she was the the last one that would not go with him because yeah. when you think about it everybody kept saying no i'm not going to stay with no not going to go with you not going to go with you i'm staying here mm -hmm. even at one point marin says she's going to and then she relents and goes yeah i'll come with yeah. you I'm yeah right. the, the first Seer time never she, does yeah the first time that you're in jada and then you leave she stays back and then when you come back to jada then after afterwards she joins you so and 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 bode was the one that was always there in thinner thick throughout the whole game that's what makes mm -hmm. this betrayal like even though i would say like the final dialogue that was happening at night or he was saying is like you could kind of see that as being like maybe they were foreshadowing it a little too much because that was the final time that he was saying about the do we really want to share uh talent or with all this like hidden with the hidden path and all mm -hmm. that so 
But and I then, almost think that Cal's response wasn't good enough, where he's just like, "No, nah, we're just gonna do this," mm-hmm. and he like didn't even really connect with it at all. Because mm-hmm. I almost was like, you know, "Bode's talking sense," because everybody like throughout the whole thing, they treat the anchorites as like the cult they're mm-hmm. weird they're kind of creepy we don't know if they're really to be trusted um and so it's like you're but it's bode planting those seeds as well where it's like oh my gosh it makes so much sense now of course he's gonna say that yeah and i can't wait to replay yeah. the game now in full like just i want to hear i, I want to really pay attention to his dialogue more than ever just to, especially. especially especially now seeing those echoes that i'm getting in the post game of him like struggling or how he was gonna talk to Cal and even having that conversation with Dabrim of how like he is known as, as someone that's a, a pure chameleon that he can really blend in that's kind of like his forte he was it was his forte back in the Clone Wars it's still his thing so it's like so much depth in Star in, in this that I'm glad to see in Star Wars because Star, Star Wars is like maybe people want to take it more seriously than it actually needs to be taken in a way especially the way some people feel about it but I feel this is a game that really earned its depth and to me, it's just said it's like this game literally ends with a funeral and it goes to Seer telling Cal to like guide the new child through her darkness. Mm. That was ooh, And that's that like, that's how the lot. game ends, literally. Like yeah. that her, her like her ghost coming to him, like imprinting that to Cal and then just like cutting to black to, into credits, which then there's a little bit of a post credit scene that ends the thing in a little bit more of a hopeful uh in, in, in a hopeful tone, which it's so crucial in Star Wars in a way. I feel like mm. the only story that uh in Star Wars, that the Serbs at Summer Ending was Revenge of the Sith. I feel like that's like the only one that can get away with that. And even then, that movie through the the, fi- the final reminder is like, yeah, everything's dark, but remember, it's like the new hope has been yeah. born. With, with, forget, with, 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 like, this, with, with this two kids. So yeah. they threw that in. That it's like now Cal and, and Marin, even though they kind of had a conversation that they don't know if they can go forward with what they were saying that they were going to pursue when they get they, they, they kiss at that night before the betrayal. Uh, but now they feel, if, 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 you, if you keep getting the dialogue post game as you go around and you talk talk to Cotton, you know, between them, it's like they they're committing to raising this kid now. So. Yeah, which is just man, what a! I, I think this does the somber tone better than Andor overall. I mm-hmm. think where yeah. Andor almost felt oppressive, which I get is the point, mm-hmm. but also like, I feel like Andor considering it's five years before a New Hope. Disturbs that, yeah. It gets worse and worse mm-hmm. between that Revenge of the Sith just dis- mm-hmm. falling off into chaos and the really terrible state that even like the economy and the technology is in during the original trilogy and all that. So it's like we're getting there, and it's it drops off further and yeah. further. Yeah, there's always kind of like that. Uh, the problem of setting the stories in between these periods is that you know where everywhere everything ends and yeah. i think one of the strengths of survivor is that how much that story is so personal to these characters and all that that you don't feel too much like the way like even though you still feel the weight of everything that's happening in the universe and the other media that you know happens a few years after this uh, i still feel like this story can stand alone on its own feet like yes the hidden path is is here which was in the obi-wan show Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it's too tied to the hip with what happened with the Obi Wan show for it to not work. It doesn't feel like it's that is required viewing. That's a great. Yeah. Uh, it, that's something great that you can do instead of feeling like you need to do homework. Not like what it recently happened with Mandalorian. That is like 
an emotional crux was resolved in another show. It's like, don't do that with storytelling. They feel really strong about the story we're telling, and it's just you being a nerd of Star Wars, that you understand where this is happening, and then like your mind can infer everything else. I feel that's the way to go, to be able to tell these stories. And that's just kind of the strength of Andor. Andor managed to tell like its own story that definitely has big ties about what about what comes after, but managed to tell it self-contained in a way that adds weight to everything after. But it's just contained to that show, knowing that it's like it's definitely the darkness before the dawn, in in, in that way. And it needed to be because of the timeline. Right now, it will yeah. be interesting now when we pick up in this third game that Sigasmus is saying they want to do, and I can't imagine they're not gonna do it. I mean, it's like. This game has I think a... even with the troubled launch, mm -hmm. that game is going to sell so well yeah, with casual audiences. Yeah, it's that... already the second best-selling game of the year behind Hogwarts, which makes sense. Exactly. Hogwarts, like, Hogwarts hasn't been blessed with a good game in like forever. This was the first time they got one like that. Like Star Wars is like, Jedi in Order was that moment. It'd be like, yes, we finally got a good one, but now we really got a great one. And, yeah. and it's like, the... Discourse surrounding its technical issues is gonna subside, I tell you, because they're not that bad. They really aren't. Uh, no. It's like it's just such a fantastic game that I haven't stopped playing. I already beat it. It's like I can't wait to just really hundred percent it because it's just uh, I love living in that world. I love these characters. I love uh, I love re pretty much everything about it. It's like if I'm being objective. Which... Yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it... I was just gonna say because it. Um... Sorry, I blanked out because it continues to give the plot line that I mentioned mm -hmm. at the end of the bounty hunting, which like I didn't even really attempt to follow through with. But mm -hmm. at the end of it, it finishes off Cage's uh, storyline mm -hmm. and gives you a little cameo of a yeah. character. I only have two more bounty hunters. to beat. So I'm not going to spoil yeah. any of that, but it, there is like scenes and more story involving her and Cal and their whole bounty hunting stuff that it wraps it up apparently. That's cool. That, I, I like when that happens and even then I would say like where it left off, yes I will, I'll know some people will feel it's anticlimactic. I don't care. It's yeah, like this. I like, think it's perfect. Because at first I was like, huh, this is where it's ended, but then it stuck with me. And then when I talked to you about it, I was like, holy crap. I was like, they did something when that ended. Like They, they did something. Yeah. With that ending, I like that. Uh, it's like I like. If they what... didn't have the funeral, I think it would have felt a lot more mm -hmm. of and, and take, that take... sudden drop off. Yeah, anticlimactic. Mm -hmm. But because they sat with it, they let you feel like the grief of this man. This is a really messed up situation. Yeah. There might not have been a good and, answer for and, it. And very similar to God of War Ragnarok, whose ending I really like, but also kind of comes sudden. You True. sitting sitting with that ending with like the post game and the conversations and all that lets it linger in a way that then like it makes sense why it was like that. Because mm -hmm. it's not supposed to be like, okay, you finish it, time to shut it off. That's it. It's like they, they intend you to like still be lingering and still get a few kernels that makes that uh, th that makes that sit through. It's kinda of like you cook a you cook a food and then you let you let it uh thaw a little bit until yeah. and, and until it fully sets. It feels like that. There's not something that we really, like I'm done. It's over. If you do that, then I can see like I can see some complaints. Be like, I don't know about that ending, but it's like it's grown. On, it's definitely grown on me. It's like uh, obviously the other ones use more hype, but yeah. I'm, gl I'm glad that one ended in a hype way because the thing with that ending is it elevated Fallen Order as a package, ending it like that. It took a good game into like a great one, like in that it left you with a high that it can help elevate the rest of the package. Well, I, I remember 
because everybody was saying how it was super disconnected from everything else and after like several weeks or whatever trailers started using the fact that vader was in it as a selling point to people who refused to buy it it sucked doing that because that was like the big surprise but it also worked because so many people went wait darth vader shows up i'm gonna freaking play this and they did and sure enough i, I still feel um, that even if you're i feel like even if you're spoiled that darth vader is in this it's kind of like oh yeah it's star wars it's in this era of course it's gonna be there the beauty yeah. of that moment was like how it was done using the right. using the revenge of the sith soundtrack and him like looming on top of when you knew that if you knew who worked for the Inqu- like who the inquisitors yeah. worked for he's like he, he was like this looming thread that you knew was there and it, it almost they were being... makes sense because it's like that's his thing he created the inquisitorious he trained all of them of course he's there that's mm-hmm. their headquarters exactly. um so it's like oh that makes perfect sense actually yeah. so yeah I, all of that just yeah. fantastic and, and i will say that even though this game didn't end on that high moment the story throughout has moments that gave me that kind of smile like that aforementioned middle section of that of this game or even gameplay sections like going through the skies with the with the hooks and all that i feel like you get those highs you get from that ending from fallen order more peppered through this game yeah so that's why i feel like if this game earned it's more summer quiet ending so and i can't wait like now it's like it makes me curious like how are they going to follow this up and when it took three I years know. to get here. It got, but even though it felt longer, obviously we had a pandemic it in the middle of it. <laughs> super long, I tell you. But you're right. When you really break it down, it really wasn't all that long mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of modern games lately. Yeah, three and a so half years. Three and a half really years. Really hope yeah. that we get another big finale for all of this soon. Because I I need to know what happens. Are we going to jump another? five years into the future mm-hmm. are we going to finish it off at the battle of yavin i don't, mm-hmm. like, I don't know i just I know. exactly i hope they find a good is. a good spot that is just not too yeah we're connected now i feel like the i feel the the, yeah. the story they've told with these games is strong enough that they could just like they did with the obi-wan show is like we know it's happening around the same time but it's like no not imperative for you to enjoy this it's just funny to really connect the dots when you really see like the subtle ways they like they juggle everything together the vader moment aside which to me is yeah. now feels wrong feeling like he got beat twice within the same year so which is just so funny when you really break yeah. it down and He's i had such told, a sad yeah. boy and, and it's so funny because uh when i guess back on our buddy sebastian's show uh when we talked about jedi fallen order from a 2023 perspective he asked me if i want like what, what what i would feel if vader was there again and i was like I don't know, man. It's like he feels like he's gonna be diminishing returns, and that's exactly what happened. So that's literally my least favorite part of an amazing mm-hmm. sequence that was that siege in in the middle. But I feel everything yeah. else about the game is just so spectacular that technical issues aside, like yes, I feel like the quote unquote best game this year so far from like in every way that you can like check box it is probably Resident Evil Four, but this is my favorite one. This is like the oh, emotions yeah. I feel. Like, I'm, I'm like I'm with you. It's like beyond just me being a Star Wars fan. It's like I feel like I I finally see the potential of this sub franchise being realized. And more importantly, Paul, it's like this is a very fitting, a fitting time for this. Today is also the 10 year anniversary of the EA deal. Oh my! After gosh. today, the franchise is finally free. It's like that, like exclusive that that exclusive. Uh, arrangement that EA signed with uh, 
with, with, with Lucasfilm back in 2013 mm-hmm. for like a 10 year exclusivity of EA doing exclusive exclusively making Star Wars games that in those wow. 10 years was less than fruitful. A half baked Battlefront game that was pretty good at its core but had such lacking content uh, that because the way they divided it with the season pass is like the new content can't be played anymore. No one like is playing the the best spin, the Tatooine, the Death Star and Scare thing that they added in that. People are still playing the base of that game, but it's mm. such a small base that is like because you can buy it for like three dollars at all times, so it's such an easy buy for so many people. For, for everyone to, but it's like it's so fragmented because the mm. season pass was never like uh, like gathered together. So that's what started the whole deal. It was like these like from a visual perspective, it was like that oh, yeah. Battlefront game was incredible. Then mm. obviously Battlefront Two being like, no, we listen, guys. Like we're actually the- putting a lot of content. With this one, to, for it to be what the first game was, but yeah. we're like making a pay-to-win thing that then became the microtransaction fiasco of 2017 that ended the whole loot box debacle forever. Almost like almost no one does loot boxes. You know, I will say uh, I respect Battlefront 2 for somehow single-handedly finally popping that bubble of loot boxes. Yes, <laughs> that yeah. we at least don't have to deal with that ever again anymore. Yes. And to be fair to that, it's like it it started so catastrophically with that that the great game that was always there finally got to shine like two years after so that's not like a fart i'm just glad that it it was somehow it's the way this creaks when i move it yeah um but i was telling yeah. you how often i've been playing battlefront over the last few weeks like that game's so good the now battlefront 2 but it's like it, it the stench of that initial release was always there then we got so many news of the canceled star wars games that we wanted the Amy Hennig Uncharted like that everyone really wanted. That was the yeah, this Battlefront one is like they make sense. I mean EA needs their shooters. Like the right. common denominator, but that's the one. And then it got cancelled. And then obviously Fallen Order Everything was else. yeah, and then more cancellations. Fallen Order really was a new hope. It was like it, it was, was like the a, only a, one. a pit of despair for like halfway through that deal in five years, like that was like that it's was not some only bad for times. that deal, but that was when EA and everybody else was saying single player is dead. There's mm-hmm. no reason to make them anymore. Everything's going to be online only. And the and last then Jedi Fallen Order just and, kicked and, them in the and, teeth. And not, and not only that is like because we were now knee deep into the Star Wars the, uh, being under Disney. The Last Jedi happened, so we know that then like the sentiment towards Star Wars in general got like obliterated by this perpetual Gosh. battle be- between the people that love and hate that movie that's still being raged today. This uh, and then solo bombing, like Fallen Order launching with Mandalorian in 2019, was like, was like that was the new hope. Literally yeah. after after we had hit the dark side, like the, the shroud beginning. of the dark side fell. Like that was it began to make things right, even if it was imperfect. It was like it fell finally. Like it was mana from heaven that it, it desperately needed, and now seeing that fully realized at the very tail end of this deal. Which the good thing about it is that this doesn't preclude Respawn from still working on this. The beauty of now the deal being done is that now Star Wars is free for everyone to work on it. And I'm just glad that as EA finally uh, knows that they don't have to put other studios as an obligation to work on this. In Respawn, they have one, the one that nailed it. And I'm just glad that now as, as Star Wars license is free, I'm glad part of the future of Star Wars is in their hands. Because I tell us, uh, they already, we already know that. Other than Survivor, we got that shooter coming. We got the RTS coming. Mm-hmm. This game's gonna sell a lot. Like if if, if Fallen Order is an indication, and with how good it is, despite like some technical hiccups, and 
yeah it's like it feels good to be excited about star wars in a way like this again has been really good for a really good year for us to like rediscover the love again after last year i felt like it got endangered for me being like have i outgrown this no this 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 feels like a nice feather to the cap of what has been the last two months of me like rediscovering that love for this franchise that always means so much to me. And for that, that to happen as we can celebrate 100 episodes fall, that I, I, can't ima I, I can't imagine a perfect way for this to come circle for us and just keep on going. Like, especially when not the year we got ahead, ahead of us. Now for 2023 to really like really start now after already being really good. Now we're getting like the bangers. <laughs> so man uh, this is i'm glad this is starting it off because i can't imagine that there are other things that i was more excited for that yeah. are still set to come out this year yeah, i will say this like the goodness started earlier with the things that we probably were not expecting this was the beginning of like what we knew we really wanted and we're glad that it hit and it transcended even even tiny issues like frame rate and all that which in the grand scheme of things is like yeah the savants are gonna are gonna like be perpetually aggrieved about that it's like i'm able to find fun in that because this game is so so much fun and i'm glad that people now are realizing it the more people are seeing that middle section the more they're diving deeper into this game and seeing like the profound nature of the storytelling giving us the first ever great jedi like officially like an, like, like an actual media that I bet there's many books that have told us about great Jedi's before, but it feels like this is the first like true visual portrayal that we're seeing from them. So, a lot of people call Ahsoka a great Jedi for the longest time. I don't quite agree with that personally based on her morality. Mm -hmm. uh, she's just uh, like, she's a Jedi who happens to use gray lightsabers. That's all. Yeah. This is more but... like this. The, the, the morality of a great Jedi is like better felt here. And yeah. that's such a great spot to leave this in. Because now it's like, we we can start get canonized and be like, now where does Cal go from here? It's like, will next will the next game be the one where we actually see him use force like dark side force powers because he has something within him? They've set That's, it up now. The, and, there's like the the world is our oyster essentially, and like, what do you do with exploration? What do you do with styles now? Like where. Where do you go with yeah. some of the mechanical options for this? But I'm just, yeah. I'm so excited. And think about this, Paul. If we love this game so much, imagine the games coming after this, this year. Yep. Being That's even better, be, being even better. Holy crap, what a year for us. Like, this is what I wanted 2022 to be. Not just an Elden Ring Bonanza. Which, yeah. obviously, Elden Ring game changer. But look how much we've gotten and like, how much we still got going. Especially for the very beginning of the summer. Can't wait. Highly recommend this game, people. <laughs> yeah. And spoilers. <laughs> so, you can read my review over at SeasonGaming.com. We timed it perfectly. I had it written two days ago. But we we're like, you know what? Star Wars Celebration is coming soon. Let's save it. So, Paul, that's the end of what we have been playing. Because obviously you have not been playing everything else, right? That's all. Nope, that been. was the... That's yeah. all I'm playing. That's yeah. Italian. And as for news, like I already mentioned, the only thing you really need to know about, which I mentioned at the beginning, poor Redfall. It's so sad, Paul. Like, what did I say last week? Man, Xbox needs a win. Like, I hope yep. Redfall is a win, especially after we were the, the big L that was the blocking of the Activision Blizzard deal by the UK, where they're right now in the middle of Copian, hoping the EU gets to save them, so they can kind of, like, fast through that deal, which is like... Really bad place to be, and now getting a game that recently got a four out of ten out of, from IGN. Mm. I sent you a clip 
of melee running and seeing a vampire basically being on t-pose and all my shots like literally just not not registering i was like yeah that's the game this is that's insane that this is from a first party and they want to keep buying stuff so oh, that's the only thing that matters and hey jedi survivor got its patches this and the first and the second we're gonna keep track of that but i tell you it's like it's still a game worth playing even there but hey if you really want the game to be as pristine as you can it's like hey you can wait i just highly recommend it. it's that damn good yeah. paul Game releases for May 7 to May 13. Go. We are getting Darkest Dungeon 2 on PC on May 8th. Uh, Ease 9, Monstrum Nox on PlayStation 5 May 9th. Nine of those games. That's insane. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, Heroes of Middle-Earth on iOS and Android on May 10th. Death or Treat on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S and PC on May 11th, Marvel's Midnight Suns finally coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One May 11th, and last but not least, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom on the Switch coming May 12th. Can you believe it? It's next week. The sequel we've been waiting seven years for. How, like, how did we get, like, just two weeks? Like, how? It's insane. I'm glad that we're finally here where mm -hmm. the waiting is pretty much over and whether you're really excited for Tears of the Kingdom, at least you can go back to Jedi Survivor for the next yeah. seven-ish days. I'm just glad that Jedi Survivor was like meaty enough but digestible enough. It's like it's, it feels yeah. like I got everything out that I want out of that game and it's there and I can't wait for like the mood to hit me to do like both Fallen Order and, and Survivor back to back again like sometime. Yeah. And I'm glad that Tears of the Kingdom comes with like a bit of a gap until Final Fantasy 16, and like a, a month. month and a half essentially giving me, as and, which is exactly what I'm. Paul, I'll I'm need. reviewing Tears of the Kingdom also. Oh, so. bless, bless your heart, man. No. I don't know how or why, but you're trapped now. And Final Fantasy 16, I confirmed that today. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but they're a month apart, so I don't they have to. They are a month yeah, apart. It's, it's, yeah. it's different, so it'll Just be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting getting to play Tears of the Kingdom and like from review process. I doubt we get code, so. But I'm just glad it's finally here. Is that because it finally feels like the Twilight of the Switch? After this, it's like then what are you gonna do then, then Nintendo? Are you finally gonna give us what we've been wanting? It's like we've been like there's been so many things that have been like constant for us. It's like. Uh, I feel that's, that should, like, after 100 episodes, so funny, we're still hoping for a Wind Waker Twilight Princess Switch version. That's going to be, like, I'm going to cry when that happens, I tell you. <laughs> Literally. I think I've given up on hopes just for the sake that when it happens, maybe it'll surprise me. Yeah, but until Ugh. that happens, Fall, now we get to enjoy that one. Like, we get a little bit free because before this next big thing. Which then leads into the next big thing, and then the next big thing. That's what a year. Just Paul, continuing forever. That's it for the show. Where can people find you? As always, y'all can find me at Dorkovard on Twitter. I love posting things that I break in video games, and sometimes I post art as well. Alondra, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at a underscore drosegovia, and on Instagram at alondrosegovia93. And my written content at SeasonGaming.com, where you can find my review for Star Wars Jedi Survivor that I did after 40 hours of play and testing the new patch. So, and more reviews coming from them. So it's like, this was my first big one for them, and I feel very proud about it. And I'm just proud for our show, Paul. We hit 100, 100 episodes. That's still like, that. it still feels so weird to 
to think to think just about like it that a way. Real continuation of everything that we dealt with. Just a yeah. hundred episodes of this, man. Yeah, and we got it done. And then it's like, I'm glad that our audience size has grown significantly now. I'm no, I'm noticing as like we're getting close to like hundred, like average just per episodes. Gosh, and that's got to be all on this uh, sound only, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound only. Yeah, videos always kind of video that, gets like one person, two people sometimes, and then eventually, it eventually, eventually blows up. But man, I can't wait for a hundred more. Maybe by by the time we do episode two hundred in two years, where will we be? Like us? I'm there. probably gonna be a father. <laughs> so is that finally gonna happen? Are you that's, gonna? Like, I mean, I'll... within two years, that's gonna happen. <laughs> um, that's. That's probably one of the big next steps for me. And after that huge move and being up here finally, uh, that's that's probably going to be what's next. So I'm going to have to run around with a small me. That would be funny. What if that small yeah. you is like as big or bigger eventually? Can you imagine? I really hope they don't get bigger than me for their <laughs> sake. Because <laughs> this joint pain that I started in my early 20s is not worth the height and the respect from people, I tell you. <laughs> oh, Gosh. Man. So, so funny. But, yeah, anyway. that's... And just want to give big thanks to everyone that has come in and out, like, listened to this show, like, over this last two years. That every time that we get some of, like, the big spikes from even, like, our own clan members that I love very much. That And, and even some of the guests that we've had. Like, when Sack has joined in, when... Our friend Duncan has joined in. When mm -hmm. even our buddy Sebastian, that we he such has so helpful. Literally, the two months that you were like out of commission, where you were traveling and all that. Like, Gosh, what an MVP! Do I agree with some of his opinions? That's the beauty of this thing. It was like we can all share things, but he was so great at being able to like fill in and also be a third chair when usually yeah. it's usually just the two of us and it was a really good discussion that we got to have yeah can't wait to go back to his show because he definitely wanted wants to talk about jedi survivor for like the printer report audience over there so so yeah but real thankful for for all of that i can't wait to see what the rest that the rest of this year brings in especially as i lead into turning 30 this year you're already 30 so it's like the beginning of <laughs> the beginning of my the next decade of my life so but until then paul let's go play some games and everyone else Thank you so much. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Enjoy some. Enjoy the sun as the summer finally comes on. And remember, press X to play. Good night, everybody. Hasta la vista, baby.